Hello, my name is Will Spencer, and you're listening to the Renaissance of Men podcast. This is interview number 39 with the Instagram creator and humble meme farmer, the Physique Father. This is a time of transformation. As old ways fall, men are called to rise, to heal our lives, grow strong, and transcend our limitations. In tribes around the world, drawing on the best of masculinity from all of time, a new day is beginning. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance. Yeah, I've been there. Fat, skinny fat, bug, alcoholic, failed father, all of it. I've seen the bottom of hell and crawled out. It all changed when I stopped being such a damn loser. It all changed when I stopped feeling sorry for myself. It all changed when I took responsibility. It all changed when I stopped listening to crafts telling me I was fine while I drank myself to death. It all changed when I submitted to God. It all changed when I told myself I could. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't or you won't. The only thing I'll ask of you is, is to stop saying tomorrow, one day, or when the stars align. Win or lose, it's always on you. Dominate 2022. Make the most of it. Have you ever made a mistake? I mean a really bad one. One with consequences. What happened? I don't mean what did you do. I mean what happened after. When the rubble settled and the smoke cleared, the shock wore off, the pain subsided, and the thrill of the scandal drained out of your social circles. What did you do then? For many men, this is a moment of hell. I mean that as literally as you're willing to take it. Certainly I've been there myself. Sitting alone in silence, with a happy life remade in an instant by our own actions, and forced to reckon with our motivations, our mistaken beliefs, and our significant flaws that crack the facade of whatever minimal pride we have left. In our most popular movies, like Gladiator, Lord of the Rings, and The Matrix, the hero stands at the proverbial mountaintop and must reach deep within himself to find something else, something special, to complete the cycle of transformation already in progress around him. We root for him because we can feel the momentum, and some vital part of our souls yearns for him to complete his task, to find freedom and renewal. As real-world men, we rarely, if ever, get to experience moments of pure heroism like that, where we get to capitalize on existing momentum and see a thing through to glory. But I reckon each of us has experienced, to varying degrees, the inverse of that moment. To be sitting at the bottom of the pit, in darkness, with life at a stop, and a crushing burden of guilt and shame, and needing to reach deep within ourselves to find something else, something special, to begin a process of transformation from zero. I believe that this is also what it means to be a man, and perhaps it's true that no man can ascend to the heights of glory without this preliminary experience. Or else what will it be worth to him? How can you know what it means to be something until you've been nothing? But the journey from something to nothing isn't an overnight trip. Any images of working it out in an instant and having all the answers are an illusion. Because becoming something is a painstaking process of re-education, of surfacing mistakes and flaws, 
correcting mistaken ideas, enduring repentance, and understanding the pain that we've caused others by experiencing pain ourselves. This drives the lesson in. It teaches us the difference between right and wrong viscerally. It demonstrates for us the law and makes us fear it and the one who wrote it. This process makes us wise, for as they say, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. But then something unexpected happens. The clouds part and the sun emerges. The long road up out of the pit begins to level off, and we can stand on our own two feet without sliding. We find we're stronger, more open, more clear. We didn't die like we had feared. We're more alive. In fact, we are life. And now we're free to share that life with others, only perhaps a bit more humbly than before. Engaging bravely with this process of death and rebirth is the essence of what it means to be a man of the Renaissance. For, in the words of the famous German writer Goethe, quote, as long as you don't practice it, this dying and becoming, you are only a dreary guest on this dark earth. Which brings me to my guest this week. His name is Matt, but you know him better as the Physique Father or Physique King. He's a father, art director, and Instagram content creator who's blazed a bright and influential trail through the men's space in just a short couple of months. His clean designs, clear ideas, and sense of humor have brought a sense of levity to a field which can often be full of seriousness. I submit this introduction into evidence. But what you might not know about Matt is that he's been on his own journey of transformation. From skinny fat bug man of trash world into primal handsome nationalist of Gastonian proportions. In our conversation, we discussed who he was, the mistakes he made in his marriage and why, and who he's making himself into as a result. Red pill truths and which ones were hardest for each of us to swallow. His son and their relationship today as the boy begins to grow into a man. The influence of the author Bronze Age pervert on his writing and the benefits and drawbacks of anonymity versus being a creator with a real face and name. And finally, the power of humor in his writing and how he harnesses it to make a creative impact in the saturated men's space. My friends and I have shared so much of Physique Father's content since his splash debut in November that I decided that I had to find out who he was, including his story and philosophy, and I wasn't disappointed. And on a personal note, I'd like to thank all of you for giving me the freedom to interview not just worldwide thought leaders, but newer creators making waves and making a difference for all of us. Before we begin, this episode is sponsored by Deepwell Designs, makers of fine silver and stone jewelry handcrafted in the Western United States. Keep listening for more information or hit the link in the description for more. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce this week's guest on the Renaissance of Men podcast, the ultra-based meme farmer, witty banterer, gym-goer, Santa-believer, and God-submitter, the Physique Father. Matt, the Physique Father, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You know, I wouldn't call myself amazing at social media. But I recognize raw talent when I see it. And I can't think of anyone else that has come in uh, on social media that I've followed in a long time that has made such a strong impression so quickly. And uh, so I just want to congratulate on you on that because the impact that you've made on this community of men has been massive in a really short time. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a wild ride in this uh, short amount of time. So I don't know how I've done it, but. Well, I mean, like, what do you think? I mean, let's just go, let's just go for it because I, I'm actually kind of curious. Like, what do you think 
I mean, there's obviously so much to your story and you've been really open about the transformation that you've been on just physically. And I think it also shows mentally and emotionally. Um, but what do you think, what do you, what do you think you attribute your success to? I mean, something that you, in what you're doing just really resonates with men uh, in this really powerful way. Do you have a sense of what that might be? Yeah. You know, I, um, I keep trying to figure that out because I think for a long time, I, uh, I always felt like I had something to say. Um, and you know, like I said before coming onto the podcast, I didn't, I'd never, you know, I, I was trying to formulate, um, <laughs> what it is that I say that resonates with people. And I, I, I sat on it for a while and, uh, I don't know if I've necessarily said this on, on my own social, but I kind of came from like the, uh, from the, um, the trash world, the, uh, the plastic <laughs> world that I always make fun of hall monitor society. You know, I live in California. Mm. Um, my, I love my dad. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, a libtard and I, you know, but I was, I was raised very liberal. Um, and so a lot of the clown world was invisible to me. You know, I came directly from mm. it. Um, I didn't have a lot of strong values. Like I, they were just invisible to me. So, um, I just kind of went through the motions of life, the, the bug man, all of it. And it all catches up to you. Um, and I think a, a lot of, you, you know, you don't even realize that you're the, you're, a, you're actually a, like a living meme. You're, you're the, you're the, mm. so you know, you're the soy jack, you're the wojack. And when it, when I said I'll cut chest up to you, like you can go down some pretty dark paths really fast. And, you know, um, I think I had a really big awakening in my life, you know? Um, and I think just showing that transformation of coming out of it and, and like really waking up, I'm not, I'm not Neo by any means or anything like that, but <laughs> sure. I think, I think it resonates with a lot of guys. Like, I think there's this, there's this, this, there's one thing to have a guy who is just like, you know, super quote unquote alpha that tells you all the things that you need to be. And like, but I think there's another thing that, that resonates with guys that are like, Oh, like this guy was, you know, at, he was like in the, he was down in the dumps or he was like, he was in the shitter. And then he came from there and he, he came here. And it's not just like, it's not just the physical side, but I think it's like the, uh, the other stuff that I'm, that I feel like I've been going through the spiritual side, the, um, the awakening, I guess, you know, that mm -hmm. a lot of us, we, a lot of us in the sphere, like we hope that, you know, external people can see it. And, you know, um, so I guess like, I think that resonates with a lot of guys. And plus I, I interject or I uh, infuse a lot of humor. I try to, I try to keep it light, mm -hmm. which I feel like, I don't feel like we have a lot of that on this side. Not really. Sometimes it just feels stodgy to me you know, a little bit too serious. And I think you can be mm -hmm. a little bit of, of both. You can, you know, you can have, you know, have fun and like you're saying, have conversations with it. So it's what I try to, um, I try to do, keep it conversational more. Mm -hmm. Um, not as alpha. I don't know how to say it. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the, I think that's the thing that really, you're right. Like we, we all can take what we do and take ourselves and, and take our ideas very, very seriously. And I, and I think what, what works for me, I, mean, I think you nailed it for me. What works for me about the stuff that you create is that it's clear you've been on your own kind of awakening journey, but you haven't lost like your sense of, um, of unself seriousness, you know, like you didn't, you transformed yourself in, into an avatar, but you didn't actually like transform yourself into some avatar or something, you know, like you don't, you don't write, you don't think, you don't seem to behave like it. It's like, 
you're still just a guy doing the thing um, rather than, you know, pretending to be something that you're not, which I think is, I mean, maybe it's the, maybe it's the humility that really makes it go. Yeah. You know, I am after all a um, humble yet handsome liver king meme farmer. (laughs) 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 Well, so like, let's go back to that awakening because I think that's the part of your story that, um, that isn't, I mean, I can see it. I can, I can see it in, in your physical transformation. And I've read it in some of your, of your posts as well, but like, just kind of walk me through that moment. Like, where were you at that time in your life? And, and was there like a decisive moment where you just like woke up or what was your, what was your red pill and what was your transformation like? Because I know that for myself, I have my own story with that. I think many men listening do, but we also want to know how to walk men through that part of their lives more, um, more every day if we can. So maybe, maybe there's some guidance for that, for us in that. Yeah. So this will be the first time I actually tell, I guess, publicly my, my real, the real creation of how I um, came about. And, you know, it was at my own hand. I I can blame, I can blame my past of, you know, liberal or whatever, like living in the pod kind of life. But um, at the end of the day, I made, I made all, I made all the immoral decisions that I did that um, wrecked me. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but going into it, I guess this is the, the transformation from, uh, you know, the quote unquote blue pill to red pill. Um, mm-hmm. I had, you know, ever since at a young age, I had like, a I had one girl in my life that I, I just chased forever. And, um, it, it didn't matter if I ever met other girls or whatnot, but I just went after her. Like I'd known her since I was like 15. I chased her all throughout college and I'd, I'd have all these girlfriends, but then I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't, you know, it's like, uh, like that kind of like, a. <laughs> The notebook. I'm probably going to lose followers for this, but like, <laughs> but like, oh, you know, like I had like I had my alley to the Noah, and um, I got married at uh, when I was 26, and I had everything. Like, you know, by the time I was like, quote unquote, everything, um, I was pretty successful. Like, we had our own house. I bought my car with cash. Like, I was doing really well. I led like a team of uh, like 20 people. Um, just in my career, you know, and mm-hmm. I had a baby at home and, um, but part of me was, uh, that all happened really fast too. You know, like I chased this girl and when we did get married, we got married when I got, when I, um, proposed to her and we got engaged, it was like six months from engagement till, till we got married. And I had no idea about any red pill theology, nothing like Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I was kind of red pilled in some ways where, um, I knew how to interact. I'm not a pickup artist. So I've never been that right. way, but I've always been like pretty good with girls. Like, and, uh, even though I'm really humble, <laughs> I never, <laughs> and, I, and handsome, <laughs> and handsome, of course I had of never, course. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. Uh, I had oh, never, no one had ever told me like, um, what it means to be married and, and why and the values that I should have. And, you know, I, I had read the Bible and I'd been to church and I'd never, my dad didn't sit me down and say like, Hey son, this is what it means to have a son. And this is what it means to be a father. You know, he'd always tell me things like what it means to be a man and all this other stuff, but it was never like why I should cherish it, why I should get married. Um, 
and I always wanted to get married and I wanted to have a ton of kids. I just never, I'm, just, I'm so dumb. I never thought about any of it. I just went through life at hundred miles per hour. I was like, oh, I'm going to get mm-hmm. my house. I'm going to get the cars. Um, and I did brand new cars <laughs> paid with cash. And like, I was, you know, saying like big job and all this stuff, like all the things you're supposed to do, all the, the pod life, the pod circle of life. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. I was, a um, and this is a little bit to my grade background. I was a creative director. So I'd managed like, you know, different departments, media, merchandise, events, animation, all this kind of stuff. And here I am thinking I'm kind of a big man. I'm working with like the, the CEO of our company, like one-on-one. And with that though, at the time, um, you know, comes a lot of attention, like from girls at the office and, you know, like women. And I also had a problem with like, you know, I alluded to this on my Instagram, like with drinking and I had let that get the best of me. I had let uh, another girl get the best of me. And Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm saying, this is the first time I'd wreck my own marriage. I, I threw everything out the window. Um, and I hurt not just my, you know, the family that I had built, but like, you know, the external ones, like when you marry, you, you marry into everything else, right? Like you marry into her family. Um, and I wrecked all that. And I, at the time I didn't even care. I, there was something weird about the, about that whole experience too, because not only because I didn't have any values, I didn't know why I was doing any of it. Like I just felt empty inside because I didn't value any of it. And it's really hard to explain. Um, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, Oh, is this it? Like I've been in office and do I just keep climbing and didn't know what, what it meant to be at home. I didn't know what it meant to be a father or what, or, you know, like valuing your wife and the duty that you have as a husband. And so after my philandering and all that stuff, I went through a, you know, a divorce and I like literally lost everything, like everything, Um, you know, just, and that's when all the red pills just came raining down on my my face, like everywhere. And just everything just, you know, crushed me because then you find out about like, you know, the court system, Hmm. Um, you find out about, you know, like all the different ways you could go down the red pill rabbit hole with like women and all this other stuff. Cause you ask these questions like, why is she doing this? Like, even though like I deserved some of it, um, but you start to question like, why is it so hard for men? And you know, why is this happening to me? And, and you know, me, I'm, I'm a, I think after that happened, I just had to learn everything I could about like, why this happens, like what was missing in my life? Why did I feel this way? Um, and so that, that really just woke me up. I just went down rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And, and it led me to like literally everything that I write about now. And I put that stuff out because I don't want another guy to end up like me in that sense. I think that there's, you know, redemption obviously, but, um, when you don't have values, when you don't have guidance, when you're, I love, like I said, I love my father, but when you don't have somebody that tells you that or teaches you how to be a man, how to value your marriage, like you can go, if you're stupid, like I was, you can go down a really dark rabbit hole and crawling mm-hmm. out of it is hell. And I, you know, um, and I saw that, you know, Ryan, Ryan Mickler, he had made a post at Christmas, like, Hey, you know, men are going through hard times, like reach out. And I knew exactly how it felt, exactly how it felt. Like, you know, there's times I just wanted to end my life, like just drive my car off the, into a, into a wall. So I was like, man, it's, it's over. I can't do anything about it. And so, 
but you know, you, you, you learned how to get through those things, but that's why I started that series on Instagram where I collected other men's stories to just, I knew that if somebody read that, I knew it would help somebody, it would save somebody. You know, like I, I remember how I had a friend tell me like a story, like the ones that I received and it, it, and it literally stopped me in my tracks. So I don't know. That's a, there's a, I'm talking, I'm talking for a really long time, but that's how I, that's no, kind please of, continue. that's kind of how I was, I was made. Um, and that was the, that was the big defining red pill moment for me. There's divorce at my own hands, my own creation, you know, I'm kind of like my own monster in a way. And that just awakened mm-hmm. me to everything else. Um, so that's, that's how, how long I, ago. That's an incredible uh, story, by the way. Uh, it's been about six years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's been a long journey. Like I, you know, I've, I'm, it's actually, when I hear other stories from other men, I'm like amazed at like how fast they, they transformed their lives way faster than I did. And it's a, it's very impressive and it's encouraging to hear, but some other guys it doesn't seem to register as quickly. Hmm. Yeah, I just want to honor you for for taking responsibility for your life. Like, I think that there are a lot of men who they make really bad choices and everything comes crashing down around them. Um, and they don't have the strength that you have to, to say, yeah, no, this was by my own hand. Like some men never get there. I mean, you, maybe you know some of them, but some men never get to the point where they recognize like, yeah, no, like this was a cell phone. Yeah, it it, it is a cell phone. Um, it sometimes, <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever play God of War? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, like, I think he, I, I can't remember the story exactly, but it's like he accidentally, I don't know, he like gets a curse on him or something and he kills his own wife and kids. That's why he's called the Ghost of Sparta because he has like their ashes on him. And sometimes yep. that's what it feels like, you know, like uh, you have to own it. Like, yeah, I think that's, I kind of resonate with that, that Kratos guy. It's like, I did this. It was my fault. And I just never, I still want to live my life. There's so much to live. I just can't let that ever happen again. Not that you can control, you know, circumstances, but if I can, I'll stop. You know, I just, I don't want to hurt anybody like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How old is your son now? My son is seven. Oh, wow. So this was, um, this was not long after he was born. Yeah. It was like, we must've got, I think we got divorced like right after his like first birth birthday. So it's kind of like the only oh, world. Wow. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you guys have a pretty good relationship now. Like I've, I've enjoyed the, I think some Instagram stories you've been posting and <laughs> stuff that you guys do together. It's a really touching relationship that you two have. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's quite the character. I mean, sometimes, you know, I <laughs> sometimes I feel ridiculous, but he, he's on a whole other level. You see, you see yourself reflected in him. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like he just doesn't, he never, he never stops joking with me. So <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so as you're in the depths of, uh, of your own self-created hell, you know, you've, you've been, you've been unfaithful to your wife and you've gotten found out and the lid's blown off and everything's on fire. <clears throat> when did you, when did you turn to the barbell? So actually the barbell, the barbell, I had, um, I, the barbell had always actually, the, so a little secret is not, maybe not a secret. The barbell, I've always been a lifter forever. I've done mm-hmm. every sport under the sun. 
Um, and, <clears throat> but I actually had given up the barbell. I had actually given up the barbell when I got married. I had, uh, Oh, wow. I, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Right. There, <laughs> there are so many things that like, uh, like literally every, everything that they tell you not to do or things you could have done wrong. I did. Like I gave up the barbell, gave up my friends. I gave, like, I just sacrifice, not sacrifice. I just was a loser, complete loser. I just gave it up. And then, you know, I got into another relationship after I got divorced and did not lift the barbell at all for like, I don't know, I like a solid four years straight, at least. Wow. I let myself atrophy, like there, you know, there's a picture on my Instagram. I let myself atrophy. I was like, I don't know, like a hundred, a hundred 60 pounds skinny fat and um mm. and uh you know i i returned to the barbell uh, about i guess like, like i would say at the end or the beginning of covid is when i just picked it i picked it up again when i thought i'd lost everything a second that's another red pill moment but i picked everything up again and so i guess for the last two years i've been reinvested into the barbell which i should have been i should have never put down never put down the barbell <laughs> Mm-hmm. So this physique transformation that you've been on has just been since COVID? So yeah, the physique transformation has been since COVID. Um, and wow. actually like the, the, I mean, I guess the most recent one has been pretty recently because I had, I had hurt my back like during COVID. So I couldn't lift for like, I don't know, four months through my back out. And then I had emergency surgery and I couldn't lift for another two. So, so maybe, wow. maybe, uh, 2021 is when I started doing like serious transformation with, um, the physique father. I'm a lot bigger than I've ever been. Not bragging. Very humble, by the way. <laughs> and very handsome. <laughs> very handsome. Yes. Wow. I'm just, I'm threading, I'm threading the, your story together. And I like, this is, this is pretty incredible because I mean, I guess I had the timelines completely different. Like you've accomplished a lot in a really short time. I mean, it, it, under pretty tough circumstances, like that's a full on, that's a full on transformation that you've been through. Like I would have thought that maybe you started the, the transformation like before COVID or something like that, or this has been something you've been working on, but it's really been, I mean, I don't want to say that it's been overnight because you've spent, you know, six years, you know, kind of thrust into hell and clawing your way out. But I mean, it must be, I'd imagine it must be a real surprise now that I, now that I put the pieces together to to have discovered yourself finally in this kind of like niche micro internet celebrity, you know, <laughs> after having crawled out of, after having crawled out of hell, essentially like, Hey, I can't even imagine what your divorce must've been like in Southern California, you know, with infidelity and all that it must've been a mess. And now to see where you are now, like you must be the most surprised of all in some ways. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think I'd not to be, um, I mean, I guess it's fine. I mean, I guess it, it's fine to be serious yeah. because, um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not too macho to be like, yeah. I, I I went through some really hard times, because yeah, it is California, and you know, not to get into too much of the details, but like what you have to pay, it's like you know, I could, I could hire a human being to work for me full time, and you know, it's like mm -hmm. there's no there's no account of you know, it's like all governmental things. There's no accountability in terms of, you know, I give my I give my life for my son. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it's almost like a ransom, mm -hmm. you know, and it just makes the relationship just so much more tense. I, you know, I do my best to just to acquiesce to what things are. Um, but it's, it's just tragic and it's a horrible system. I, I can't, 
I feel bad for fathers, you know, and, and it, I think that's why the red pill for me, which just it just went off into multiple angles. I think that's why I have like, if you ever read my writing, it's so like across the board because I needed answers and I missed my entire life finding these, but you know, you find out how, you know, it's like how corrupt the government is like, and then you see the, the misandry, the matriarchy, matriarchal society. And before this, like I had, I was one of those, I'm, I was never, I was never an SJW or, or I may have been liberal, but I, I just didn't care about politics or whatever. I was just living my life, just doing whatever. But I would have been one of those people, people who were like, yeah, believe women or some dumb shit like that. And now I'm like, when you, yeah, when your eyes are open, you're like, this is, this is hell. And nobody, you know, it's be, even before COVID, nobody understands like the plight that men go through and they laugh at you. You know, mm-hmm. women will be like, oh, you're an incel. I'm like, I'm, I'm handsome. I'm not an incel. And uh, <laughs> I'm charismatic. Yeah. And, um, or, you know, I, even like the women, my, I love, like, again, yeah, my family, I'm not trying to disparage my family. I love them. But like, even the women in my family, I'll tell them, like, oh, you know, this is really, this is really hard on me. That's, you know, I, I alluded to drinking. That's probably why I was drinking because it was so, so financially crippling on me. And, you know, people don't understand it. And I tell my, the women in my family, like, oh, this is why it's hard. I pay a ransom. I have no qualms with like my ex, blah, 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 this and that. And they'd be like, then they'd go off on a non sequitur that wasn't related to me and my son and the relationship or anything I said. They'd be like, well, the patriarchy and white, white men. Oh, I'm man. like, what, what? what is going on? And, and, you know, that's why I guess I have so much content that fuels what I write because it's hell. And I hate, I'd hate for another man to go through that. And I'd hate for them to just, I'd fucking save them before they even become what I, you know, me or what mm-hmm. I've done. I, I want to want to stop that. Or like, even, you know, people think that I'm a misogynist. Maybe I am, but like, you know, <laughs> even, even for women, it's just like a, it's just a raw deal all around. And I think there's just so many, I'm going off on tangents here, but there's just so no, much, please. there is just so much that's wrong. Um, and I saw all of it, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, <laughs> California sucks. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's, and this is great. You've just, there's so many different directions that I, I feel like I want to go with this. And I, and, and I guess, I guess the question that I have in my mind is like, so I'm, I'm trying to imagine the version of you that you were when you're like going into this infidelity situation. And I'm just, what would you like? I don't know. I don't want to ask like, too personal of a question but it's like what okay cool well then what did what did that version of you like what would he have needed to hear do you think like what was he what was he i mean i don't know what was he missing i guess that's like you're married you're successful you've got a a new baby i think you're either just born or, or on the way and he's about to make this like decision that's you know thank god for literally thank god for for who you are in your character because you redeemed yourself out of this which not all men have but that aside i mean you pushed the big red nuke button on your life like like would you have you thought about like why you why you did that or 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 what drove you to do that or what you might say to that version of yourself to like no please don't do that yeah i um yeah all the all the time like uh sometimes i have like it's hard because like, I feel like, you know, hope, <laughs> just being completely honest, like, I feel like I hope that time cures that because that even to this day, I, I regret it. I feel immense shame. I see, you know, I see like younger, like the Zoomers or whatever, and, and they're so like dedicated in their faith. I'm like, I, 
none of that existed for me. And it's, it's really, um, I don't know. It's embarrassing and it, not even embarrassing. It's really embarrassing actually, but also I feel immense shame because of the time I, I just did, this is hard. I almost don't even recognize myself and I don't, I always wonder like what I would say. I almost feel like I would be like hop in the DeLorean and we'll come to the future. (laughs) You know, come on Marty, let's go. And like, you know, we could, uh, I could show them, um, I could show myself like, Hey, you know, an alternate timeline, not this one, but maybe a third timeline of like what it meant, you know, what it meant to be a family man. Because even though I had all those things, I'd felt completely empty. And it's because I didn't look at my wife the way that I, I should have, I didn't value her properly. Um, you know, it, it even goes to like the sexual dynamics thing. Like I, I would think too much on that, you know, like, uh, of like our relationship and like, you know, sex and whatever. And I don't think I had put enough effort in terms of like family building. I knew I wanted to build a family, but I didn't know why per se. I, it's so hard to describe the, the, the liberal mindset. Um, mm-hmm. but it's almost like this valueless one, like literally like I was just a pop culture consumer guy working in, you know, creative field and tech and like a lot of the other same people, all the other people are the same way. Um, you know, a lot of dog moms <laughs> and yeah. I guess it's really hard to say because I just felt complete emptiness. Um, and I just chased self gratification and it's really hard because even now I, I just can't, it's almost like looking at it. I'm not absolving my responsibility because I knew what I did even then, but uh, I just wish I could have just done a brain dump, a soul dump, you know, through all the pain that I feel now, all the sh- immense shame and embarrassment and harm that I caused and make that guy feel that. I, I think he, I think I would have changed, but there was just no guidance for me there. Um, and I was surrounded, you know, like the cliche of like, uh, what is it? I think, um, Dale Carnegie, or I don't know who said this, but like the five people that you surround yourself with, it's who you are. Mm-hmm. Five people I surrounded myself with, they were the guys that would follow girls on Instagram, like you know, like the the Thought Patrol, and and uh, I had a buddy who he called it, you know, his roster of like all his girls on Tinder or um, what is it? you know, all the different dating apps and you'd have like a different girl every day. But like, those are the guys that I like I worked with or I'd be in close contact day to day with. And, uh, I just had no moral guidance at all. Zero. Um, mm. so I, I, I don't know if I had w- words to say to my younger self, but I wish I could just I don't know, transfer that emotion. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, it sounds like you didn't even know what you didn't know. You didn't realize, I mean, you were, you were about to be sent on this giant journey into the world of red pill truths and truths about yourself and truths about men and women and the, and even truths about God, it sounds like. And how could you have known you could, there's no way that you could have known any of this. Like who would have possibly told it to you other than yourself in this current version of you? But like, where do you even, where do you even begin with, I mean, I, I can picture in my mind, the guy that you're describing, you know, is following the girls on Instagram and the, and the, the friends who have the, who have the girls on the dating apps and just the, the way that sex and relationships and, and fulfillment is just kind of treated so casually. And then to discover like, no, there's really, um, there's nothing, there's nothing uh, casual about it really. Um, 
but gosh, how, how do you even like communicate that to, how do you even communicate that to a guy you know, without grabbing him by the shoulders and shaking him and slapping him a couple times for the guy that you were at? Like, I don't, maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's an impossible question. It's like a trial by fire, really. It's hard to explain. And I think when, you know, like I get a lot of messages from younger guys that be like, Hey, like, should I sleep with a bunch of girls and like, or should I, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, no. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. No. Or like, or like, how do I approach a girl? How do I talk? Like a lot of stuff that, um, like uh, clearly their father didn't teach them. And my, I mean, my dad didn't either, but I think in terms of like the pickup artistry, like you got to just mm-hmm. be handsome, <laughs> just be yourself. But just, uh, but, uh, um, I think what I wish I could say to them and I wish I could even say, I, I think my, even the degenerate guy that I was in my marriage probably would have said to an even younger version of myself, like, don't sleep with any of these other girls because it takes a piece of you away. And I don't mm-hmm. think enough guys understand that. Like a lot of these guys will look at like a Danny Blazarian or whatever, like a, you know, uh, a guy who's quote unquote successful with women and maybe they feel okay with it. And maybe these guys do, maybe Danny's, you know, sleeps. I'm sure he does. He's super rich, but it, every, every sounds pretty, pretty lame, but every girl that you're with, like it kind of desensitizes you. Like it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of like also led to my demise, my own demise in my, in my marriage, because you, you're not thinking, uh, you put, I think sex really does uh, strip part of your soul away. And so when I see these guys that message me, they're like, Hey, like, you know, should I just get a bunch of girls underneath my belt and like all the, like all the red pill terminology. And I'm like, I want to say no, but you know, I'll tell them no. And like, without being mean to them, cause I'm trying to be nice. Um, or a little bit more, you know, I, I'm still direct, but it, they don't, they never understand it. They're like, Oh no, but you know, you don't understand you're, you know, you're old. And I'm like, you just do oh, wait. God. <laughs> just do it, young man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pray that you don't become old before your time, young man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So actually, I, 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 I want to talk about that, but I'm actually curious about this, the, the woman that you married, your, your ex-wife. That sounds like a little bit of a case of like one-itis in a way. Like she was like the one, and then you actually got married and discovered, I don't know, what, ha- what happened there? I, I hope I'm not asking too many like really personal questions about all this. Like, but just so you, like, I'm really interested in, in, this, in the themes that made you the man that you are because now it's all starting to come into focus for me where it's like, oh, well, this is, this is why this, why, why he writes the way that he does about the things he does. This is why it resonates because like, it's real. This is not theoretical. Like you didn't, this isn't from some book you read. This is, this is, you know, hard, the school of hard knocks, you know? So I'm, I'm, I hope you don't mind my interest in, in some in aspects of the story. No, not at all. Um, yeah, no, I guess. Like, yeah. No, I remember the first time I read about one night, I was like, ah, oh, shit. I was like, it's me. <laughs> That's me. Like, like, like many things. Like when I saw the bug man, me, I'm like, oh man, it's me. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's brutal. Yeah. But you know, you have to, you have to realize you're cringe before you can become based. Like, and facts, you know, facts. Exactly. And a lot of guys are like, oh no, like I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm like, no, nah, bro, like that, you know, <laughs> here's another tangent. I'll get like guys are like, oh, like here's how you should, here's how you should cut dude. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and then I'll run the physiognomy test. I'm like, what Oh, I'm like, I would crush you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so like, no, the one itis thing is very real. And, you know, I like, like, like a lot of, I don't know, 
the soy. <laughs> I was raised on Disney movies, you know. I used to watch mm-hmm. Disney movies with my with my ex, and you know, it was kind of like a yeah. You know, you see all these things, and then you read about it. Like you know, you'll read like a I don't know who is who is there, a Rollo or somebody, and they'll be like, oh, like he's the Disney thing, and I'm like, I'm like you bastard. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? You know, you read these things, you're like, oh, well, you're like, oh, damn it, right? Um, and I don't know. I in I don't know if this still makes me blue pill. I still believe like that, you know, I think there's something really special about love, you know, especially like that's like it kind of goes back to like what I was saying. Like, yeah, you think you want to be with a bunch of girls, but it just makes you feel empty. It never, mm-hmm. you know, if you find a good girl, like there's something to be said about that too. And I, I haven't really seen, you know, in our, in the manosphere about guys that really just saying that and just be honest, like you got a lot of guys who are like, Oh, I value myself a lot. But like, you know, there's some really special girls out there and like you see guys that, that are married, happily married and like, yeah, like look at those guys. Like, you know, like you look at like, I look at like a, you know, like you look at Tanner or Jonathan, you, you look at those married guys and you're like, yeah, like, you know, like, like love is real. Um, and there can, and there can be kind of like a, there is a little bit of a storybook ending, but yeah, the one I just, th- but, but back to the one I just think, um, yeah, I, ha- I, I had it pretty bad. It, and uh, that was another thing I just didn't know how to shake. Um, maybe if, I don't know, I'm pretty headstrong. <laughs> I'm pretty mm-hmm. arrogant and stupid. And sometimes every year I'm like, oh man, I, if I could go back, like Uncle Rico, I would have changed that. So who knows? But I, I will say that that one honest thing is something you need, like a lot of guys should be careful about because you only know what you know, you know? Mm-hmm. All after everything I said still, I think I think you have to be careful about thinking a girl is perfect because not even girls are perfectly no girls perfect right yeah no just like we are and you, and you, well like you got what you wanted right you wanted this thing since you, i think you said you were 15 or something like that and then you finally got what you wanted and you found you know for completely understandable reasons just basically related to being human being that like sometimes we get what we want we find that what we want isn't what we thought it was not through the fault of the thing but just our own projections right yeah you know to add on to that it's like they tell you I think that's exactly it. The Disney movies like, oh, like you just you get a magical genie and you make these witches and then you become a prince and then you get the you get the wifey and then you get the kids in the house and then you get there and you're like, wait, why do I want all these things? Wait, why did I want mm-hmm. the princess again? I never asked those questions. Like that's how much of a dummy I was. Um but there's so much focus on that, but they never there's not a lot of focus on the work and like why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why are you doing this? You know what I mean? I think you know, yeah. Yeah, it's like and you, and you get there and you expect that you have the thing that's going to make you happy once and for all. That's like, that's the thing about Disney movies is that Disney movies end at the wedding, but in real yeah. life, the wedding is like the beginning, right? They just, they just skip over all that. And they lived happily ever after because it's that easy. You know what I mean? Congratulations. Right. We're married. And they don't tell you like, oh yeah, no, there's the whole thing about learning to be happy together, which is not part of our culture, strangely. Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all the window dressing you know, $30,000 wedding and, but not like the other part that like the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like growing up kid, old age kids, like all these, yeah. all these small things. Yeah. I think, I, and I think you're right. I think, I think that there isn't a lot, there isn't enough discussion in the manosphere. You know, there's a lot of discussion about how to be young and fit and awesome. And there are a lot of men now like, like Tanner, like Jonathan and like others that are exploring 
how to have like a happy relationship for life, like what that looks like, the challenges that that entails and, and that you got to want it. But it is a thing with the manosphere, like how to get past, like almost as like getting past the red pill. Okay, so you've taken the red pill and you see male-female dynamics for what it is. And some men take that and they go into this like MGTOW direction, like gender relations are fucked forever and now I'm, I'm out and I'm going to go my own way. It's like, yeah. well, is there some, is there like some third way? Like, is there not, like how are we going to make this work? Because we do have to figure out how to make this work, right? Right. Right, exactly. And I would love to see more of that. I think it needs to be, it needs to be said, you know? Maybe that's physique. Father, chapter two, <laughs> trying to get that. <laughs> yes, the the husband. <laughs> well, I mean, like, what do you tell your? I mean, I mean, he's a bit young. Like, he's. I think you said he was. He's seven now, and so maybe like, it's a bit. Uh, is it too young to be talking to these things? Um, talking to your son about these things. Um, I think you know, I. He's pretty. I feel like for him, he's still a little young. I, I don't know if it's just a product of being seven, but he's red pilled. He, he's like, dad, he's like, why, uh, there's this girl at school. She keeps touching my computer. Why does she keep touching my computer? She always wants to talk to me. He's like, girls are lame. And I'm like, that's right, son. <laughs> girls are lame. <laughs> so, so it's like picking up on things even now, right? Yeah. He's like, she's not even funny. She's a nerd. And I'm like, <laughs> and me who should be more mature naturally i just laugh <laughs> well that's yeah. part of the that's part of the fun right like you like how can you how can you uh how can you not laugh at that you know kind of knowing what you know it's like that's the thing is like once you take the red pill then you see kind of reality men and women for what they are in, in many ways it's like you can't not be amused at it because it starts showing up, you know, at such a young age. Even like I don't have kids, but it makes sense that a seven-year-old would be picking up on things even if he doesn't know what he's picking up on. Right? Yeah. Ex- exactly. Oh, you know, here's another random story about things that kids pick up on. And this is like uh, this is like a year ago. But like my son, he'll say he's so funny. He's like, Dad. He's like, Why is that guy driving alone with a mask on? He's like, There's nobody <laughs> around. What a nerd. <laughs> Like, what a base little boy that I've raised. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like he has a lot of promise. Yeah, he he does, for sure. He'll be a powerful, powerful liver liver king meme farmer. All right, let's, all right. Now we got to talk about the Liver King. Now we got. Now we got to talk about this. So this is. I don't. Fo- I don't follow him too much, but I know that. I know that he's a thing. So for the guys who don't know who the Liver King is, I would like to hear it from the from the Liver King acolyte. Yeah. So Liver King is just think if, just think if um, Santa Claus <laughs> had sex with a T Rex, that would be their offspring. It's like a super super Jack like. Dwarf <laughs> that eats bull testicles, livers, human hearts, children's bones. <laughs> and he does super barbarian workouts. <laughs> He's like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Now I can't seem like him. <laughs> What's Even up, my, primals? Yeah, what up, primals? <laughs> <laughs> even my son, my even my son talks like him now. It's amazing. He'd be like, "What up, primals? Let's go to school." 
it was it was really your series of like liver king flamethrower memes like <laughs> on your stories that just ended me for like s- several days like i i that's the thing is where does this come where does this come from like you just have this volume of output and it's all incredible it's like are you just do you just have like a notepad with you for base shit that you just write down all day like do you just get into the zone do you have a do you have a routine or a ritual or something no man i just get like well i'm drinking this diet mountain dew i just get like in like a schizophrenic like like autistic like super duper like i don't know like flow on my phone and i'm like oh man this is really funny ah uh, and, and i just can't stop it just it just comes to my brain and um i think somebody should try and stop me somebody Somebody help me. I have a problem. <laughs> I don't know. It just flows out. You know, it's funny. So it's like, just like a, it's, I had a, before I opened up my, opened up my Instagram, I used to just do these crazy rants in my stories. And I was like, okay. And I had made this declaration. I was like, I'm just going to do like more deliberate work, which is the slides that you guys see. But people had messaged me like, oh no, don't, don't stop your rants. These are like the best part of your Instagram. So mm-hmm. I think I've retained that, that gift. My great power. It, no, I mean it is <clears throat> like the, the, that's. I mean, I, I think, I think I learn a lot from from a lot of your content, just in terms of, you know, in terms of the quality. But it's it's the volume, and it's just like somehow in it, like you, again, you're still not taking yourself seriously. <laughs> like so much <laughs> of it is just so ridiculous, <laughs> and that's 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 the best part about it. It's like it's not this serious, heavy red pill you know, solar machismo, like there's a place for that. Like, absolutely. Like there are so many amazing content creators who, who are very, uh, who are very serious. Like blood and rain comes like Arthur, Arthur's a friend of mine. And he and I joke about which one of us is more serious. He's more serious than I am. But like, what's oh, yeah. great about your content is that it's so not, it's, it, it's, it's serious, but it's very like, it's very not serious in a way, but the seriousness is also the not seriousness is also, it's weird. It's a strange. I think you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Like, I think like, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, well, I, it's, it's kind of, maybe it's not a good analogy. I was I'm not going to be like Jack Donovan, but I've heard him on podcasts and then he's like, you know, he'll like joke around and I'm like, oh, it's kind of different. Cause like on his start the world podcast, he has like the Jack voice, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. he's like super, super serious, like the liver King. And, um, but sometimes I guess part of it is like when you, when you go through like the manosphere, there's things where you, you kind of almost were like, you kind of wish somebody was like another dude or a brother was sitting next to you and, and you could like laugh at it together. You're like, Oh, it's kind of like silly. Right. Like, even though like I really respect a lot of the guys in it, but sometimes it's just like, can't be that. I can't be that serious. You know, there's a lot of guys that I follow that in the manosphere, um, that I'm like, like, I love your stuff, but like, I would just start laughing in person. I'm like, you know, just, you know, you can, you can, you can come down a little bit. I don't know if that's just the, just for the brand or, um, or, or I don't know, whatever, but, uh, I can't, I can't even, I can't even fake it if I wanted to, you know, I'm too, I'm too goofy. seriousness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that comes, I mean, that, I think some men just pull it off really naturally. Like Jack is a great example. Like Jack has his, his care, his avatar, the care it's, to say it's a character, I don't think is fair because it's not a character. It's an aspect of him. But, you know, he, yeah. he has, um, let's say the persona. He has the Jack Donovan persona that that comes across in his social media. And it's especially true in his, um, when he does the audiobook versions of his books. So if you listen right. to the audiobook version of Fire in the Dark, it's like very much like Odin on his throne speaking down from on yeah. high about the truth. <laughs> yeah. Super 
yeah. But like when you actually like talk to him, he's happy, he's friendly. You know what I mean? He's He's got a great sense of humor. And it's like, I think a lot of us don't know how to have that side of our personalities come across because we're not walking around serious all the time. I mean, Arthur of Blood and Rain is. <laughs> I joke he punches himself in the nuts every day, a <laughs> hundred times as part of his routine. But like, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty, you know, happy, friendly kind of guy. And I struggle with how to bring that across in some of the content, but you just seem to do it very naturally in this, in this way that like makes fun of all of us in a way that we kind of need it too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I, um, it, I feel like, I think that's kind of like what held me back from creating content, content too. I'm like, well, how would I, how would I project myself in the world? And I don't know if you felt that way with your own podcast or like how you're saying, like, you know, cause you seem, you seem a lot like me, like in terms of seriousness to jokiness level or humor. And mm-hmm. at a certain point I was like, I can't, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to, I'm just going to just be who I am. And so like that toggle, um, it just, I'm like, I just, I'm exactly who I am in real life on Instagram, I guess, for mm-hmm. the most part. Well, when you did that, so, so you, so I went back through your Instagram account and you had a whole bunch of, um, you know, videos of you lifting and, and, uh, you know, physique Friday and stuff like that. And then you did that first that first carousel essay, which was like in, which was in November, because I was trying to understand the, the physique father phenomenon. Like where did this, where, because I just remember you showing up on my feed one day in November with this really, uh, something like that, November, December, with this really refined content, really great presentation, great layout and design that made like text really easy to read. Cause that's like a thing on Instagram. How do you make a lot of text easy to read on Instagram? And you had done a really good job with it. But where did like where did that come from? Because that was like a big shift where it was like suddenly you're out, suddenly you're you're transitioning from a guy, you know, just kind of doing your thing and living your life to a guy that's like instructing men. Like, do you remember where where that came from, or where why you decided to make that call, or had you created content before? Because that's that's kind of how it seemed. Like this guy's too good at what he does to to for this to be his first time. <laughs> well, yeah. So before that, I had um for the last I guess the last. I don't know, a few years, I'd been in and on on Twitter until they, they, uh, nuked, they nuked me too many times. <laughs> and I would, I would get, I would, okay. I would get, yeah, I would get big on there. And then they'd find, then like, you know, the techno Gestapo would find me and nuke me. And I was like, well, I have nowhere to, I have nowhere to play. I have no, I have no friends anymore, <laughs> at least in the online oh, okay. world. And so, but I had learned a lot from like, you know, the right wing, the right wing bodybuilder anons, you know, like in terms of like lingo, obviously it's, it's pretty clear in the way that I write that I, I play off lit- like almost verbatim off of like how like BAP speaks. And a mm-hmm. reason too also is it works really well against beating the algorithms because they can't understand. And mm-hmm. even, even, even the, you know, even libtarbs, they'll come to my stuff and they're like, Oh, look at this dummy. <laughs> His spelling is all wrong. <laughs> you know? Or they're like, or people or even normies, they, they were like, oh, like, what is this trash? I can't understand it. Um, and so I took a lot of like all the techniques that I had learned from there and even just like the cultural things. And I put it, you know, I put it through um, Instagram and it, it was a winning formula. But also the reason like I had put it out there was I'd been always wanted to, I would do the same kind of thing with Twitter, but obviously you'd just be in threads. Um, but mm-hmm. I wanted to figure out how to do with Instagram because, you know, I love designing and I love teaching and and, you know, I wanted to share a story. And so I was like, how do I combine all these things? 
And so that's how I kind of came up with the first slide. I was like, oh, I'm just going to put it out there. And I did it, I think on the first day of my, and I had a little challenge, the shred 60, where I mm-hmm. took a physique shot. Cause I wanted, uh, you know, I'm going to all these different tangents, but the shred 60 thing was this challenge I had created. Um, Cause there were 60 days left in the year and I wanted to start off the new year. Right. And so like, this is kind of like one of those meta lessons where I'm like, don't be like the guy at the gym. He's like, Oh, now I'm going to get in shape, which is fine if you did, by the way. But um, I started the shred 60 challenge and I was like, you know what? I'm going to also start creating stuff. And, and I've been doing, when I started the shred 60 in November, when you saw that post, I created a piece of content, like literally every single day alongside the shred 60 challenge, um, just as a way to not just, you know, sharpen my body, but also like my mind and my, my own thoughts. And it's been a really big um, help for me in terms of like really fleshing out like what I believe in a creative way, like really creative outlet. And so it's part of it's, you know, obviously it's to help other guys, but also for me to really understand why I believe what I believe um, and, you know, put my skills to, to uh, use in a, in a fun and creative way. Mm-hmm. Answer. <laughs> well, no, that's, I mean, this is like, this is getting into a lot of the questions that, that I also want to ask, particularly about BAP and okay, make the way that the way that you write as, you know, participating in some of the, like the anon Twitter kind of world, like that shows up as well. And, you know, BAP is like the guy who did that the best, you know, like a lot, I, I've, I, I get in arguments with guys about, you know, being anon on Twitter and, or anon on social media. And they're like, well, BAP did it. I'm like, well, yeah, he's like the guy <clears throat> who pulled it off in a, in a particular way. Like, but even he has limitations. And I guess I, I, I posted on Instagram, um, I posted on Instagram that uh, some, I wanted people to send uh, stories, ask you questions. And actually, one of the, someone asked a question about BAP. They said, what, are, what do you think are the limitations of uh, BAP's worldview? Let me, uh, if you want to get philosophical for a second, so let yeah. me, I'll pull it up. And uh, let's see, what did the person ask? Okay, this is, oh, from Jonathan West, from Being Husband Pod. What does BAP get wrong about the world? And do you want me to elaborate on that or like, Oh yeah, no, please go for it. I, I can have my own answer, but I think the question was for you. You know, <clears throat> I always kind of, I kind of wrestle with, with, um, BAP a little bit. Um, and I, I, I used to have this, this, uh, I used to be like, I don't know. It's weird. When I was younger, I was so headstrong, like completely, <laughs> even though I was wrong about so many things, I, no one could tell me no. I would just, mm-hmm. it was like, world was black and white. I was always, I was always right. Um, and I, uh, um, at least now it's very hard for me because I still wrestle with some ideas. Like with that, he says a lot of things that are like even be, way beyond the red pill, the red, the, you know, the general red pill bubble, whatever it mm-hmm. is. Right now. He says a lot of things that are like way outside of it. And it's hard to really argue and I can't definitively say if I agree or not because I'm not as versed. That's why like I listen to his stuff. Um, and, uh, I feel like I'm still trying to understand it. I'm not putting it as a definitive known to some of the things that he believes, but I don't know that there's a lot that I kind of disagree with. I just haven't made up, I, I guess it's more, I just haven't made up my mind on all the things that he says, but there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, uh, it's like, you're so conditioned, you're so conditioned to be PC or, you know, even when it comes to like terms, like things like race that he talks about or, you know, HBD yeah. or things like that, you're so conditioned to be like, Oh, like, well, 
I'm a good person or I can't think that way. But it's kind of, sometimes it's kind of hard to ignore when you see patterns. You're not supposed to notice things in the world anymore. But it's like, yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's some, some real realities to what you're saying, you know? So I don't know. I guess it's more like I'm not, I'm in between. <laughs> it's a kind of a, that's my answer. I'm in between on some of his stuff. I wouldn't say he's definitive. I disagree with, there's not a lot I disagree with Bap on. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I, that I disagree with him on, well, first of all, the one thing that I, I really, it took me a while to understand what he meant by this. Cause I've read his book a couple times and I always felt that the book lands in a really strange place where the first time he read it, the book lands in this place of like the prost- the drug and prostitution kind of underworld. Like I was like, okay, that's fitting for a guy who's bronze age pervert that, you know, his book will end with something to do with the drugs and prostitution underworld. Like, okay, that makes sense that he likes to hang out there. But what I finally realized and what I like about what he says is that um, I think he he has a really good take on the way the world runs kind of by blackmail and that, you know, men will need to go into the underworld to acquire their own sources of blackmail and liberate the underworld, I guess, from the, from the, um, (laughs) from the glowy three-letter agencies who run it. I thought that was kind of a really interesting, like, I don't know that he gets enough credit for talking about that. Like, they talk about his social stuff and, and a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the masculinity stuff, but his, his, like, you know, I guess large grand-scale political stuff, like, I don't know that that surfaces quite as often as it should. But I, I really like the idea. That's not for me to do. Like, I'm not the guy to set up a prostitution ring in the underworld to try and ensnare like Klaus Schwab or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, it, but it's interesting that, that you say that because like, it, or he says that too. It's like, if you, I mean, what he's, what he's advocating for is kind of how the world is though, you know, in some ways. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's how you, to your point. It's like the world already runs that way. You just need to take it back, you know, by the same methods in a way. You know, when he talks about like infiltration um, and, you know, even on his podcast, he talks a lot about like, don't face fag, which I'm showing my face, but like, um, sure. you know, like for the infiltration of men to just, you know, whether it's like political or, you know, just business, like, you know, infiltrating piece, you know, places of power. I think that's the, I don't know. I, I agree with that. I think that's the way forward. Um, but you kind of have to be a pirate or a scoundrel, as he says to take back this world in some ways. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's this, there's this big problem in the way that I see it. Well, even though I'm jovial and I joke around a lot, I still think you have to be like pretty, pretty straightforward with people and you can't pussyfoot around things. And, you know, like I think a lot of guys, I think, what was it? Ted Cruz recently said that the January 6th was a terrorist, (laughs) terrorist attack. And it's like, just, Stop being a nerd. Stop being a loser. Just say it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or just the basic, even the basic things I write or say, like, you know, like the things that, I'm sorry, I don't want to get your, your show like banned, no. or canceled, but it's like, you know, people, people have to accept so many absurd things like that, uh, that like, what's her face? Ellen Page is a man. I'm like, no, you're like a little, like a man lit. <laughs> If you were a man and, you know, it's like, it's absurd. All of it is absurd. And it's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do any of that stupid stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. It's insulting. It's extremely insulting. And the people think that it's nice and it's it's not nice. It's, it's like, um, feminism, you know, they're like, oh, the patriarchy, blah, blah, blah. We're going to fight back. I'm like, yeah, to defeat the patriarchy, you need men. 
<laughs> right. You dummies, like it always requires violence. You know, so I'm like, just that's, be a pirate right now. That's what that's what Sean Smith talks about. Dr. Sean T. Smith. He's a he's a therapist. He's on Twitter at Iron Shrink. He's great. He was on my podcast as well. He talks about one of the inherent contra- contradictions in feminism is that um in the American Psychological Association guidelines for men and boys that where they basically say that men are inherently toxic. They talk about what is it? Stoicism, competitiveness and aggression or something like that are three or three characteristics of of quote unquote toxic masculinity. But then what these APA guidelines say is that men are supposed to harness stoicism, aggressiveness and and competition, competitiveness to defeat masculinity so it's like we need so it's this it's this internally self-contradicting logic that you need you know toxic masculinity to defeat toxic masculinity it's completely retarded and yet we're supposed to just kind of accept that oh yeah okay makes perfect sense yes makes yeah. total sense but I, I think it's a humiliation exercise right it is a humiliation exercise you just you're just gonna take it or else it's gonna beat the shit out of you yeah Socially, well, like so, so okay, so so you and I are we both show our faces on social media. Bap talks, you know, he he doesn't or hasn't. Um, well, what was the behind your decision to do that? I know, I know what, why I do it. You know, because I I do it because I don't think that when when push comes to shove, that um, men will follow anonymous accounts online. I, I think you got to see a man's eyes to know who he really is. I'm not going to follow it. Like, yes, I will. I will read their ideas and I'll appreciate their thought but I won't follow a man unless I can actually see who he is. And so, you know, I, I hope to make some contribution of leadership. And so for that, I have to show my face. And that means that I can't play around with some ideas that anons can, but that's why I make that choice. Like what was behind the choice for you to show your face? I mean, I think you're a very handsome guest on handsome nationalist face. <laughs> well, you have to inspire with beauty. So uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. I think, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think there's a, I think it goes, I think it goes back to like, I hate saying this. There's just so many things that I just hate saying now. Cause it's like, it's lame, <laughs> like, like alpha or, or beta or yeah. um, authenticity. I think there's something to be said about being authentic. Like, like, oh, this is a real dude. Um, he's a real person. And, you know, I think people, when they see that it's like a different kind of power that Anon doesn't have. I do think anons are really powerful though. I, I think that there's mm-hmm. a lot you can do that do anons that y- you just work in the shadows. Like you can just, you can do anything. You can infiltrate anywhere and no one will know who you are ever at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there also needs to be, there needs to be people that show their face like you or I or, or anybody else. Like I wouldn't say one is particularly one way is necessarily the best, but I think you need them both if that makes sense. But I, I, mm-hmm. I just, for me, I was like, ah, whatever. I just, I just don't care. And I'd rather, you mm-hmm. know, I'd rather show who I am. I, you know, also part of it too is like, I, I didn't know, I didn't know for sure, but I was hoping that I would like make some contacts and I'm glad you reached out to me for your podcast, which is actually really cool. I've never been on a podcast and you know, like, uh, I've had, I've, yeah, thank you. I've, uh, yeah, I've made some other connections when I showed my face and, you know, I'm doing some, um, I'm working with some other people now, so it just it was pretty cool. Like, and I I don't know if that's because I showed my face, but I kind of hoped it, in a way when I did it, it would, and so it, I guess it paid off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, 
I think it's one of the things that's necessary for your story in particular, because you can really communicate a lot about your transformation, you meaning you personally, Matt, but then you like the general you, like you can see it in a man's face. I've had my own transformation. It's like, I don't look at all like the guy I was, you know, 10 years ago. And you can write about that, you know, you can, you can tell about it or you can just show it. And then men really have a chance to kind of connect with it more powerfully because they can see what's possible for them if they're lost in soy world or bug world, or, you know, they feel like, oh, I can't get there from here. It's like, well, you can, um, it'll hurt. You know, you have to go through, you have to acknowledge all the things about yourself and your life and your beliefs that were wrong. But if you have the strength to do that, um, it doesn't actually end up hurting. I mean, I suppose in your case with the divorce and, and, you know, that's, it's a completely different kind of entity dealing with the, the way that, you know, these giant bureaucracies have been weaponized against men. Um, but if it's just, you know, because of moral failings, I mean, that's, that's, it doesn't end up being quite as painful as, as I think men are afraid that it will. That's been, that's been my experience. It takes a lot of work though. It does take a lot of work. And I, I agree with all of that. You know, it is, it is definitely hard, but you can still, you can still work through it. I always think like, what's the other side? It's only going to get worse. If you don't, yeah. if you, even if you don't, if you, even if you don't do anything, it's going to get worse, far worse than you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do you, do people recognize you in public? Like, have you had anyone come up to you in, 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 in the real world or had anyone recognize you for, for, for better or for worse? Like what about you, like about your day job? Like, do they know about your, they know your, your, your secret life as a niche internet micro celebrity? <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering when that day will come and then there, there will be a reckoning. Um, I, I don't know. I'm pretty resilient. Like I've gone through so much shit like that. I, I always bounce back. I found that I've always bounced back and I'm, I've got a lot of skills. So like, I've always, mm-hmm. I've always figured out how to like navigate this world and, and figure it out. Um, I think <clears throat> as far as like anybody recognizing me, like I, 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 so I had a bunch of social media channels before, like with my real, like, you know, like my full name and everything else. And I nuked all of them, but even before, right before I nuked them, I, was already kind of doing like what I'm doing now. Like people just thought I was extreme. I lost a lot of friends that were like, Oh, like, Oh, like I have other friends tell me that like one of like some of my good friends, like my real like, like guys that were like in my wedding that were like, Oh, like Matt's lost it. He's gone completely nuts. You know, mm. Which, and I have, I hate this word too, but empathy. <laughs> I have, I have empathy because mm-hmm. like I understand where they're coming from. It's not like, you know, I think people, people see things that they don't understand and think you're completely schizo or like crazy, you know, or like just, Oh, is that, you know, it's like the conspiracy theory thing now. Right. Like, Oh, like you think anything outside of like the, the (laughs) stupid Overton window now and people just think you're batshit nuts. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I, uh, I'm still waiting for somebody at the gym to see me. (laughs) So then I could mock Mm -hmm. them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, it's great. Give give me a high five or come lift with me. <laughs> Get that selfie in the story. You know what I mean. Look who I yeah. found, guys. Yeah, you know what's funny is like I've I've seen a few. I don't know if you have if you have familiar with influencers, but I've seen like Brad Castleberry at the gym a few times, and I almost was like, maybe I should maybe I should get him in my photo. There you go. Yeah, me mogging. Get him to see your stuff and and reshare it. Like, oh, this guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not, right? Yeah, I should have. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm actually curious about um about the physical transformation that you create because it's 
it's pretty, I mean, you've been through lots of different phases with it. Oh, I remember you posted, what was it? Like, no one, no one cared, no one cared who I was until I put on the mask. Oh, that was so good. Like that, that line from Batman, that was so good. Yeah. Like, what was, what was that like? What was it like for you? Like, where did you get to when you're like, I just got to find my way back to the gym or, cause that's a pretty remarkable commitment that you made to yourself and you've really followed through on much further than a lot of guys have myself included. Yeah. I, so like I said, I, after, after my divorce, I was in another relationship and we literally broke up on, <laughs> we literally broke up on Christmas day. <laughs> oh, oh, brutal. <laughs> like right before COVID. And so here I am. And like, you know, during that time too, I was, this is when I was drinking a lot too. And I didn't realize I had a problem. And now I look back and I couldn't make it a day without, I, I didn't think there's a day I could go without drinking. I'm like, oh, I just need to drink. I'd like wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, like I need a, I need a glass of wine. I'm going to go watch Game of Thrones in my pajamas or in my box. Whoa. Yeah. And I'd be like watching the, what's his face, the, the midget, um, Tyrone Lannister. Or, do you, do you mm-hmm. watch Game of Thrones? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, I'd be like, oh, I just drink and I know things and complete, <laughs> completely soy. <laughs> like that, what's this, that character from, I have so many pop culture references. I'm, totally soy anyways no they're great that's like that's one of the best things is that you can ridicule them now right you don't live yeah. them. you know what though it's like funny because like i think um you listen i think that's like a it's almost like by using the the left or like mainstream hollywood culture by hijacking it like people mm-hmm. like i think people on our like on our side will, i've seen like some criticism like oh it's like you know it's not he's not doing like schopenheimer or like or nietzsche it, but <laughs> It's not, it's not Schopenheimer, I love. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like, dude, like I've I've read all those things. I I don't allude to it because I know I'm I don't. You have to differentiate yourself when you're out here, anyways. You know, I don't think people understand that um, in terms of like branding, but you know, the pop culture thing resonates because everybody's seen it. Everybody's been brought up into it, and if you can hijack the left's own weapons against them, then mm-hmm. you, you know you can you you basically doing kind of, in in some ways like what BAP is saying, like you're infiltrating it, right? Like you're almost like reverse brainwashing people. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, but like the transformation. So yeah, I'm drinking wine every day. I mean, my, my girlfriend at the time, she, she breaks up with me and it's like Christmas day. And I'm like, man, I'm so soy and sad. Mm-hmm. And what have, what have I got to show for it? You know, like I, she, had, I can't remember what she said. She said something like, you can't even see what's wrong with you. And, you know, you're not, you know, and a bunch of other like things that I probably needed to hear. Um, and I, it's kind of a wake up call. Cause I was like fat or skinny fat. And I looked like melted plastic and <laughs> <laughs> now I didn't have a girlfriend and here I am. And I'm like, I'm a single dad. And I'm like, where am I, what am I doing with my life? It's, it was almost like, it was almost it's not the emotional side wasn't as worse as being divorced because you know like the one i was thing and like i really even though i had wrecked things you know I, I it was something so much more meaningful to me but it was almost kind of as just as painful because it was like oh here it is again and all these years later and i've learned nothing here i am drunk a bat skinny mm-hmm. bat and i didn't pick up the barbell i didn't do anything i've lost even more friends you know just even obliterated myself even more. 
And I'm like, I have to start somewhere. I have to get back to the gym. I got to, I got to do something. I got to do something. And so I started going to the gym. I started working out again. And, uh, and that's kind of like how, like the second metamorphosis of like, that's how I just came back to, or, or that's, I guess it's kind of like the, the physique father, the more muscular version came about the non-soy version. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, hitting rock bottom twice will teach you, hopefully teach you to be better. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's really, yeah. Okay. No, I, I guess I had had that thought earlier that it sounded like you had hit rock bottom twice. It's like, or, or you bounced is kind of what happened. Like you yeah. hit the, you hit the floor and then you bounced and you needed to hit it one more time just to make sure that, uh, that you got your own message. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like when you, when you decided to go back into the gym, like, it, I mean, it's not a happily ever after thing. Like you had to, I mean, you had to really confront a lot. Like you, you have seen the photos, like it's a, it's a remarkable, a remarkable transformation that you led yourself through. Like, had you ever been that level of fit before? Like, was it just getting back to a way that you had been, or was it kind of, you know, blazing a new trail for, for a kind of fitness that you'd never been before? Uh, you yeah, mentioned you so, were an athlete, I think. Yeah. So I've been, I'm an athlete and it's like, I had done everything. I had like literally done everything. I didn't CrossFit for, you know, CrossFit gets a bad, uh, bad case against it, but I had done that. I'd done weightlifting, bodybuilding, all of it. Um, but I had never done it to the degree that I have in the last few years. I got a trainer for like the first time in my life. And that was the biggest mm -hmm. difference. Um, because I had realized, you know, like I was saying in my youth, in my youth, I'm still young, but like <laughs> to sure. some degree, but like, you know, you, I was super arrogant. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm such a great athlete in all these different sports and blah, blah, blah. I don't need a trainer. I'm strong. And I, I could do it by myself, but I, this time around, I did hire a trainer and I got way stronger. Um, I got way more shred, like shredded to the, like, you know, like I'm a little bit fluffier now. I'm, I have this, you know, it's like the dichotomy of man. I'm like, do I get aesthetically shredded or do I get like really strong? I'm in like in a strong phase and I'm like afraid to drop my numbers, but I had never been as shredded as I had been, uh, I don't know, maybe it was like last year, like. I don't know, probably like, like nine, 8% body fat. Um, and it was all, the, you know, it's all the help with like the trainer. They had taught me like literally everything I had missed before. It was like another red, a red pill in the fitness, in my fitness journey, um, of like what is actually possible and, um, all the proper things I should have been doing all along. So for anybody listening, you should get a trainer. It just, it's a world, a good one. It's a world of difference of where you can be. You have to kind of let your, if you, you know, been training all your life. If you sometimes you need to let your ego aside and see what somebody else can teach you. Like with everything. Mm -hmm. What were some of the what were some of the fitness red pills that you learned when you started getting really in shape? Well, believe it or not, <laughs> this is I'm so I'm I'm just I'm revealing so many embarrassing things about me on this podcast. <laughs> believe it or not, I had never, I don't think I'd ever eaten over like 50 grams of protein or hundred grams of protein a day. And for anybody who's in wow. fitness knows that you have to eat a gram of protein per pound of body weight in terms of, um, you know, building muscle for muscle protein synthesis or to retain muscle. Like, especially if you're on a cut, you know, there have been points in my life where I could, I could, I could rep 325 pounds on a bench press for like 10 reps with ease. And then I'd also want to go chasing like, uh, like, cause I also used to be a runner 
And like my fastest mile time ever was like a 4.30. And I'm like, oh, I'm also going to run really fast. But I'm like, oh man, like it's really hard for me to run because I'm like training really hard. And I try to do both and I cut weight. And I'm like, oh man, I can't lift like 185 anymore. And so I didn't have any nutrition dialed in until like the last few mm-hmm. years. And, and now I think that's really how I was able to get so like, I have a photo of somewhere on my Instagram where I'm like really cut up. Like, that's how I was able to do it. I was like, just like tiny things, like just eat your, your, eat your, uh, your body weight and protein. And I've never done that before. I, I had no idea. Like I was, I just ate whatever, like anything. And so that was one red, should be a red pill, but it was for me. Was this the, the trainer teach you this or was this just something that you learned that like, man, I'm because I, I know the times when I don't eat enough protein and I'm, I'm exercising. I just, I get exhausted. My brain just does not work. Like it doesn't, I can't do anything. And so that was learning to listen to my body and saying, I need to eat more protein was like a big awakening for me that I could be that level of intuitive with it. But was this something like your trainer is just like, yeah, no, you're not going to rep 325 and run a four, 430 mile, you know, if you're on some sort of like protein starvation diet. Yeah. My trainer, he, yeah, he, he did that, not just the protein, but like all the different macros, it's, you know, like he, like you got to fuel for carb, you know, you gotta have your carbs, your fats, you know, your fats for hormones. You need the carbs to like, just really power through the workouts. Cause he had trained me hard. And I, I had thought like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bad. I'm a pretty badass guy. I can do this. But, and he trained me. I was like, holy crap, this is, this is intense. And I'm a guy who had done CrossFit for a long time. Here I am thinking like, oh, hypertrophy work would be easy, but it wasn't. And so then I just, I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust him with the process. And I let him train me like, eat, you know, have this much carbs, have this much protein. And it was amazing. Like just, you know, it's like the fundamentals. Like if it's kind of like with all things in life, you just get those basics and you understand it. It, it really goes a long way. I can't even believe how much I've been able to lift in the last two years. Like when he had me do like barbell squats, when he first started, I was doing like 135. That was hard for me. And, mm-hmm. and then in the last two years, and we haven't even, cause we're in a different cycle right now, but I think where we had left off, I was doing like 385 for 10. Like, <laughs> wow. You know, it's just like, uh, it's, it's amazing. And then at my age too, it's amazing. Like what you can do if you have a good trainer and you just follow through on the basics and, you know, and then like another, some other things that he had pointed me to different trainers, like Paul Carter, which is like lift bang run on Instagram and some other mm-hmm. stuff. But um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a there's a lot I learned in the last two years. I'm a I'm a I'm big on learning. Do you have like specific goals that you're going for? Like, is there something that you know? Are you going to compete, or is it just like a is it just a personal thing? Is it even a spiritual thing? Because for a lot of men, lifting is a spiritual thing. I know at my best, you know, it, it's definitely that for me. Like, if I have to go, like I was sick recently, and I was you know I was out of town. And so I was at a, a friend's a friend's apartment recovering sick and I wasn't able to go to the gym for like a week and a half. And I was like, I'm missing something. And when I finally was able to get back into the gym and lift some weights again, it's like, oh, my brain, my brain's working again. You know, so there's a, there's like a spiritual component to it. Um, or do you have like some specific concrete goals or maybe both? I would say right now it's, I always advocate for people to have a goal. I think right now I'm, I'm, <laughs> I would say that my goal right now is strength just because I'm, and I, I, if I can, like I try to keep my body composition like somewhat adequate because I've been doing my, my, <laughs> my new challenge which used to be shred 60 to end out 2021, 20, but now it's shreds 365 where I 
just post a physique shot to help to make sure I don't get, you know, sloppy looking. So I take a picture mm-hmm. every day of my physique. I am the physique father. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a fun challenge. I did 60 days with, you know, this Instagram account. What can I do with a whole year? So I'm like, well, this will be cool. It's like a cool branding thing. It'll, you know, and I've gotten so many guys that just messaged me, even though I took physique Friday from like right wing bodybuilding, but then I did this thing where sure. it's like every day the guys message me all the time. It's not like something new, but what I'm doing anyways, but they're like, Oh man, uh, here's my physique shot. And then sh- they sent it to me and they're like, and then, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really cool spiritual thing. Cause I, I get guys who are like, I haven't worked. At, I, I got one the other day. The guys like, I haven't worked out for six years and you know, you got me started. Um, and so, uh, I think part of it also is like, yeah, like to your point, the spiritual side, like if I'm not working out, I, I feel way off. Like I, I can't focus at, the, at this desk. I can't, I can't, um, I can't do other things. I think I was, I was talking about this the other day, but lifting or seeing tangible goals, like with your fitness, you can see your work in the mirror. That's why kind of like, I like building things or being a creative person is I can visually see it. I'll make something and I can see it right now. And with the body, people think it's like vanity or, you know, like, Oh, you're just a, a muscle bound guy or this and that it's so much more. It's like you feel pain. And when you do that pain, you, you test yourself how far you can go, how close to blocking out can you go mm-hmm. and what are you made of? And then to see it translate at the gym, whether it's your physique or the weight feeling what used to feel like planet earth now feels really light. Like a week later is it proves to you that you can do that in other ways in your life and to me it's so powerful it's so yeah it is spiritual like you you just see like you just see so much potential and i think the gym is like proof every time i go in there it's proof that you can change your life it does it in so many ways that's how it feels for me and that's why Mm -hmm. that's why i do it and i'll probably do it till i die Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well now it, it has me thinking a little bit about you mentioned God in your posts and your relationship with spirituality and with religion, but you don't really get into it too much. And so I guess I'm, I'm curious now, like what role, because I can imagine that as you're at the very bottom of the pit of despair coming out of your, coming out of your divorce, you know, in the self-created hell that you've put yourself into, like men reach, if they want to climb out, men reach for like a couple of things, right? They, they reach for, they reach for fitness, which is always step number one that everyone recommends. But then, you know, a lot of men are recognizing that God is a component of their own, not just salvation, but redemption as well. And and like, it it sounds like these two things might even be a little bit linked for you, like, you know, pushing yourself and, and finding out who you are and finding out what's really inside, you know, is that, is that part of your, I don't know, calling it a spiritual practice might be a bit much, but like, you know, I think there is something to that. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think, um, in terms of, I think, I think God's role, I mean, do you want me to talk about like my, my, yeah, please. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I was raised, I was raised Catholic. Um, so we went to church like every Sunday and my mom had me read the Bible like all the time. Actually, I needed a new Bible, and so Jonathan West he had recommended a new one for me. So, Jonathan, if you're listening, oh, solid. <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like I needed a better understanding um, because I was, you know, in my in my lo- in my logo, I'm using the cross. And for a second, I thought about taking it down. I'm like, I'm not worthy to have like even the cross in there. But I wanted to just have like 
but then I, I toggled and I'm like, oh, it's good to have God as a reminder always in my life because it's very easy to severe. Um, but in terms of like helping me build back um, with, with God and, and, and faith, like uh, I went, I was trying, I was looking for a new church. Here's a, a tangent of a story. I was looking for a new church and I joined a church in my town right after I had a new church, different church I was going to. Um, couple, like, I don't know, maybe a year before I'd broken up with my, with my, um, my ex. And the reason being is like, I had steered from the faith. Like I wasn't even going to church with my, my wife. Right. And when I was married and and afterwards I I wasn't going to church. And I think that was like a big missing component. I don't think I probably would have been drinking or any, any of the debauchery that I was doing. Mm. And, uh, I was like, what am I missing? And I think, I was like, I need to return to faith. I'm like, there's so many pieces of me that are are not there. And I'd seen that because my girlfriend at the time, her family was LDS. And so mm-hmm. we would fly out, to, you know, we'd be up in Utah and her father was like, you know, devout. He was one of the elders in the church. And so he would talk about God all the time. And like, we'd have like really good, I guess they would probably, they would make good podcasts, like really good conversations on on faith and God and stuff like that. And I think when I started to just reach back out and just see like, you know, searching for answers, I think that's how I found Jonathan too. Cause it's like, you know, part of faith and God and is like family and building and like, you know, prospering and all that other stuff. And like, there's just so many components that are actually tangible in the world that are part of faith, you know, as opposed to like the next life and stuff like that. But I was like, I need to start building, like, you know, like my world here too, you know, before the next one. and. So looking for a church, I found this new church. And at the same time I got, I broke up with my, my ex, I joined a men's group like shortly before. And I joined this men's group. And at the, t- the timing, of it, timing of it, I was like, oh man, I'm down in the dumps. I'm feeling blue and I'm going to this group. I'm like, oh, like maybe I can, you know, get some help from a band of brothers or whatever. But it turned out to be the opposite. When I, cause when I got there, I realized I found all these guys who were, they're good guys. I'm not just not to disparage them, but they were like far mm-hmm. more broken than I was. And they oh, were wow. serious. Like they needed like serious help. And I, you know, like these guys would break down crying and they need just hugs and like, they'd call me and stuff like that. And here I am, you know, feeling sorry for myself thinking like, Oh, like <laughs> maybe somebody else will feel sorry for me. But it turned out to be that mm-hmm. I think God had put me there to help these guys to make it through. Cause then there's these guys that are just freshly going through divorce. And I realized that, you know, God not is, you know, he helps you by showing you things, at least for me personally, I felt like he was helping me by showing me how to help other people. And I think that kind of like also resonated with, you know, what I'm doing with physique father, like uh, if I can, you know, in the small way that I, I try to. And so, yeah, being part of the like you know my men's group was huge for me because I I realized that um, I think God was showing me a lot of things. Are you surprised to be a leader? Um, you know, you know, being the humble man that I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I uh, in in high school, my teacher wrote in my yearbook. She's like, you know, because I. I as much as I joke around now, I joked around a lot in high school. Like I pulled pranks. I'd go to schools like a pirate just for fun. <laughs> or, you know, do you ever see the Blink-182 music video where they're running around naked? 
I think I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. We pull pranks like that. But I remember like my, I would just me and my friends would do stuff like that. And she's like, you know, Matt, she's like, you're, you're such a good leader. You just have to be careful what you do. Um, so I've always been that way. You know, I, I've led teams before, um, creatively, like at, you know, different jobs and stuff. I've managed tons of people. Um, and even regarding fitness, I'm going down so many rabbit holes. I apologize. No, please. There no, was, when my, when my son was first, when my son was born, I'd actually, you know, like I was telling you, I got fat. Like I got really fat. I was driving my wife to the, the hospital and we were going through a Starbucks drive through and I was on my last set of pants that fit me. They weren't even pants, they were shorts. Mm. And it was held together by a paperclip. <laughs> Literally, mm. like, as I got the food, it, like, burst apart. And um, I was like, man, I need to get back in shape. And so at my job during the, uh, the lunch hour, I'd go outside and I'd start working out. I'd just do CrossFit with, like, a kettlebell and a jump rope. And then the, the guys that worked for me on the team are like, oh, hey, dude, can we, can we join you? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? So then, you know, I have like four guys working out with me in the parking lot. And then it started to do, we started to do it like every day. It used to be like, you know, three days a week. Then it was like every day. And then all the girls that I worked with were like, oh, can, can we join in too? Within six months, I had a, cl- I had a, uh, a fitness class. Hmm. Day through Friday during lunch and then also before work. And then in the morning time, these girls, it, all the, the guys would just do lunch at this point, but the girls would would come in the morning and they bring their friends from just their regular friends, other mommies. I'd have, I remember looking around and I had 60 women that I was training in fitness in a parking, in my work parking lot. And this is like a normal thing. And then I had, you know, different coworkers that I trained to be coaches. And this is like all organic within the, uh, the company. And then my company gave me part of the warehouse to build out a gym. And so I did that and it just, Whoa. yeah. And you know, in two years, like I had like, you know, there'd be, 60 people working out under this thing that I had created um, with like kettlebells, you know, med balls, sandbags, all of it, just because I was trying to get in shape. And I did, and that lasted for like two, three years. And um, so, yeah, I guess in terms of leadership, I, I've always known it was possible. So or I, I could see it. So it's, it's kind of, it sounds like it might be a little bit familiar because, you, you know, in a short time before we, uh, we're recording. You said that you know you get like 50 DMs from people a day. That you're, you know, you've kind of become, you've kind of become this leader for a lot of men and pr- maybe some women too through Instagram. And so you know maybe it's not that big of a that big of a shift. It's kind of like a manifestation of a lot of things that have been kind of underneath the surface for a long time, or not even under the surface. Like it's kind of maybe you stepping into who you are in a way, but like backwards. Like you didn't expect, but maybe it was always maybe it was there was like some component of destiny destiny to it in a way, right? Yeah, in some weird way, I think so. So it's been interesting to see. Are you still part of a men's group? Um, I'm, I'm joining a new one right now. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I haven't, I haven't gone to it yet. Mm. And then sort of the men that you saw in that previous men's group were like, you got to help them you know, from where, because you had moved a bit further down the path and got to tell them like, it's going to be okay. Or there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, cause I've been in men's groups and men's groups have really changed my life in a powerful way. And I always advocate, you know, um, for them to the men that I talk to. So it's nice to hear a man who's like, you got something out of it, you know, cause men at all different stages of their journey can get something out of it. They, I think men need each other realistically. Like we need a space to talk about our lives privately, you know, not that's not on social media. 
like there's that's great in DMs or in Telegram groups or whatever. Like that's all fantastic, you know, or Zoom chats or whatever. But I think there's something really powerful about men getting together in a room privately just to talk about their lives. I think we need that desperately. And we don't, we don't have it. And even if like men are broken or even if men need to cry or they need a shoulder to cry on, like how powerful is that, that, that men can offer that to each other. And like, it's not recorded. It's not written down. Like men can be weak with each other and find strength in each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I couldn't agree more. I think like, you know, a, a lot of guys are either af- afraid or there's not, there's not a space for it. You know, like I, there's yeah. not aside from church, like where can you do that? Where can you find where can you go to like a what is it, like a, a buff, you know, like a buffalo lodge or something like that? Or you can't you can't do that if you're going golfing with your buddies. You can't. I mean you can, but you they have to be your buddies, but there's not like a, a really a, like a another thing I hate saying, like a safe space to converge and to your point cry and just let it out or be honest or like have another man help you in a genuine way that you know it's it's completely missing. I think, well, I don't know. What, can you talk about some of those experiences? Like when you realize like, oh, wow, like I'm here, here I am around these guys who are like way worse off than me. Like, did you experience gratitude? Like, oh man, I've, I've made some progress. Were you able to see yourself reflected in them or were they, I mean, it sounds like they were able to see themselves reflected in you. Are you still in contact with any of them? Because this is something that I'm particularly passionate about because I, again, I think men need each other so desperately in ways that we're not really taught. Like that might be its own red pill, like the, the, the depth to which men really need brotherhood. And like, for example, like the, the guy that you were before you were about to cheat on your wife, right? Or, um, you know, if you had had real solid brothers in your life who would have been like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like how much we need each other to prevent us making mistakes. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, sorry. You read it, read Adam or that. I was just agreeing with that. No, no, for sure. Go run with that. No, I, 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 um, yeah, no, I wish, I wish I have, I know you can't go back in time, but there are so many times I just, I like pray to God. I'm like, I, if I had a time machine or if I could go back, I wish I had brothers like that. You know what I mean? Like it, I wish somebody had told me was honest with me or I had brothers that were righteous. And it's kind of odd because I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's my, it's maybe it's my, um, the way that I grew up or like my age, but the internet, I think younger generations, this internet feels natural to them, but for me, it still doesn't mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Like, it's not like a place I'm like, Oh yeah. It's some part of parts of it doesn't, don't seem real. Right. But mm-hmm. in a way though, like, I feel like I've learned so much about like what could be, or even the stuff that you're even like what you're proposing about men being accountable and need each other. Like, I wish that was part of culture, like whatever I'm doing right now and you're doing and like all the guys that we follow or like in our circle, like, I want that to be in the real world. I want that to be a normal thing. I want it to be like solidified in culture. Like you have men that are there for each other that can guide them rather than this, like really non-unified amorphous consumer culture where you don't have friends that are, um, they're not unified towards like that really striving towards that family life or that godly life or just, just being there. And it's really hard to find. Maybe you find it in, at a gym, but it's not, it's not, it's not the same. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, you know, when I was, you know, with the men's group thing too, it's like, 
what I had learned, it's kind of like those, uh, the post I was making, like, you know, um, I can't, I can't remember my own post name, but like coming out of the darkness, but like, like you see what I've learned is I see these guys to your point about reflecting in them. Like you tell some of the guys I would tell hard truths, like, cause they would start feeling sorry for themselves. And I did have sympathy, you, you know, you do, you do have sympathy for these guys, right? When not, not discounting their, their sorrow or their pain. Cause it's all relative too, you know, it could be like the mm-hmm. worst thing in their life, but sometimes you have to tell them like, Hey, you can't, you can't keep blaming other people for your problem. And it's not because you're like, you feel almighty for telling them this and you're like, Oh yeah, I saved you. It's more like, cause you don't want them to feel that pain anymore, you know? And, or you mm-hmm. see them being, being reckless. Like I had a, a near guy, he had a, he has a kid. He was, he was like me, he's going through divorce. And he's like, yeah, I'm seeing all these girls, but I don't tell them I have a kid. I'm like, you can't, we're in a, first of all, we're in a men's group and with through the church, you can't be lying. You can't be lying. And then two, you're lying. You're lying to God, but also like, what do you, you, you have a son. You, you have to be responsible for him. And these, these women, you, you can't do that to them either. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. It's just like brutal truths that, that, that men need to hear. And there's a thing about like letting men cry and hugging them. And it's, so many men don't have like there's not a there's not a guy there for them not even their dad i get messages from people like oh my mm-hmm. dad's not even there and they tell me about their dad their dad sounds like a teenage girl i'm like yeah i feel so bad and sometimes it's mm. like too much for me to bear because i'm like i can't i don't know you man and i can't help you and i sometimes i'm afraid of giving the wrong advice and to me this is how i'm kind of soft and it breaks my heart because i i wish there was that space for them you know what i mean so I totally agree mm-hmm. with what you're saying. I, I feel like it's it's so needed. And that's what the less, I mean, um, being in my men's group, it taught me, you know, I, I still in contact with these guys, but I, the one guy that I was telling you about, like he didn't tell us, you know, the girls who's on dates with, he has a girlfriend now. So there's, there's some one <laughs> intangible thing. And the other one, another one that I would tell him like, hey, you can't feel sorry for yourself. He's engaged. So good things for both of those guys. But I, I, I that's awesome. I had seen them in the beginning. I was like, there's, it's so, at the time, I was like, this is so grim for these guys. You know, I felt like they were just complete puddles of men. And now they're, they're doing good. So That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you for what you did for those men. I mean, sometimes we just need to hear hard truths from men that we respect and look up to, you know, and, and the right guy to deliver that. You know, if we get lucky, God bless us, that dude comes along. It sounds like you were really able to be there for those men. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that they were part of like whatever journey I'm on too, because I might've, you know, like you, you can get so myopic and just think about only yourself. And the problem with that is that you just, you know, can fall in love with yourself or like you think your problems are unconquerable maybe because you don't, you haven't seen a bigger problem in your life. And when you see others, you're like, okay, I can, I can, I can beat what I'm doing too. You know? Mm, mm-hmm. Now, it's, it, if I remember your story, like no one came for you, like you weren't in a men's group, you had to sort of like go to the bottom of your own pit and kind of climb your way back out. And you didn't have a, you didn't have a physique father to come and put his hand on your shoulder and, and to guide you out of the darkness, right? That was kind of like a, well, I mean, we all have help from, from sources, but I think you know what I mean. No, yeah, no one, no one came. I, like I said, like, uh, it's really interesting to be on, like, the, like I said, on the internet, cause I see other experiences. Like I see other guys in the, like, Oh, like my, I was raised in the trad home or 
you know, I've got my brothers and sisters and this and that, or like my friends are like, you know, like my, my buddies, but I came from, I came, I came from trash world. I'm not, I still love, I still have love for all my friends and stuff and my family, but I came from a place where like the friends that I were surrounded with were guys that were going to take me to another level or, or they would forgive my vices and it would continue on mm-hmm. way, if that makes sense. And so in a way mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of burned like every, it's almost like literally everybody I knew. Well, like everybody, um, mm. even my own, even my own brother, but my, yeah, my bro, my brother broke our own relationship with me. Uh, but it, it was really hard because I had to just do it by myself. I, I would tell some of the things that I'm sharing with you, I would tell them and they would laugh at it. they, they make references to like, oh, so like men need each other, like SNL, like they talk about like the SNL, like Boy Scout skit thing with like Alec Baldwin mm-hmm. or something. They, you know, they'd make fun of it. Like man, they're like, oh, like, you know, you want to have like man camp or, and it's like, it's better than what this is. Like this world of cubicles or playing World of Warcraft all day. It, you, you, and I don't know what kind of world you came from, but that's the world I, I came from. And they laugh at it. They mm-hmm. they think it's they think it's not needed. They don't see anything wrong with any of this. And online was the closest thing I could find to that genuine connection, I guess. Or and 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 the church uh, in that pocket of where I found these men. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the so church you actually found men that were asking questions because it sounds like yeah, I I came from my own version of trash world years ago where it's like you know, completely inverted relationships, women wearing the pants, super soy yeah. kind of guys. I mean, I lived in San Francisco, right? Like that's <laughs> its own kind of manifestation of that, like Peter Pan world. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of these guys, they don't even, they don't have any idea that anything's wrong. Um, and it's like, how can you not see? Like you're miserable, like you're out of shape, overweight, miserable, unfulfilled and your relation and you're, you're, you know, getting worse every year. Like this can't be right. But to get men to wake up to that fact, it seems to be the most difficult thing to get them to wake up to what's right in front of their own eyes. Like they almost have to break. They have to end up, you know, uh, in a, in a church, in a church men's group shattered in some way, either a divorce or through who knows what to recognize how bad things are, but like, I wish it didn't have to be that way. Yeah. I always, I always wonder that. What do you think that is? Like, I, it, it seems to me that I don't know if I've ever, if I ever would have woke up without like serious devastation. Cause I, I, you know, I'd work mm. with guys in the office, like guys that I, that worked for me and they would, they would cry in front of me <laughs> and they legitimately have like the Bunko pops in their cube and Oof. they would cry in front of me over like a dispute at work. And I'm, I was, you know, I was in that world, but I was not soy like that. But I, I don't know. Like, why do you, th- I don't know. Do you have a theory of like why, why men don't wake up or, or what? Is it only devastation that wakes a person up? Pain? Yeah, I, I do actually have a theory. It's, it's pride. I think it's really pride. Is that, yeah, I mean, because I think, I think our culture teaches things that are very much like anti-God. Like, you don't need anyone other than yourself, you know, just you everything that you want, you know, is right. And you should, you know, have every set, <clears throat> satisfy every material pleasure and you can do it all on your own and uh, very isolated because isolated individual men are really, are easy to control. They're easy to manipulate. But I think that, that as weak as those men are, they're actually very prideful because they're not willing to admit that everything that they've been told 
everything that they believe and everything around them is not just wrong, but it's a lie. Like, because you have to admit that you've been lied to. And the people are not good with that. Like, look at the whole COVID thing, how difficult it is to get people to acknowledge, like, we're being lied to. Yeah. And so, you know, to recognize I'm flawed, I can be manipulated, I'm not as smart as I think I am, <clears throat> that's, that's pride. And once you get your pride absolutely crushed, you know, by your own bad decisions, that's when you can actually throw yourself you know, into asking for help from sources that are outside you, whether that be your brothers or God or, or whatever. But you have to have that pride. You have to have it crushed out of you first for your own bad decisions or probably better. Well, I, I guess I'd have to think about it like your own bad decisions or, you know, men can go through like health crises. Well, I suppose a health crisis or, or something like that can also be from your own bad decisions. But really, you have to experience the consequences of your own bad decisions made for bad reasons and and not be able to get yourself out of it. I think that, and, but most men don't ever want to get there because that's really scary because then you have to ask for help, right? Right. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I, I Sometimes I struggle with that myself, like in terms of believing that um, people have that much pride. I think I, ha- I always had like this idea mm-hmm. that I had more faith that people would um, just have less of it, you know, and be able to admit that. But it's kind of sad to to find out that's not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is really interesting about, you know, what you do creating content is that you clearly have like healthy pride. And that's the thing is like, there's a healthy pride. Like we should be healthily proud of ourselves for what we accomplished professionally, what we accomplish, you know, we accomplish creatively or what we accomplish with our bodies. Like there's a way to be prideful in our own work, in, in our own, the results of our own labor, which I think we all have a right to, but where we think that the, our own labor is the end all be all of everything. And that there's nothing beyond us in terms of, you know, that we're, we are ends in and of our, ourselves. I think that's where that's where things start to go sideways real fast. And that's what I like about what you do is like, you have this, like, there's this like wink and a nod, like it's in all your content. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty awesome, but like, I don't take myself all that seriously because you've, you've been humbled, right? Like that was your story. Yeah. Well, that's why, I've, you know, I'm living a humble life now as a meme farmer. <laughs> I almost want you to take the webcam and show us all your fi- the, the 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 fields in which you grow your liver king memes. <laughs> you know what though? I I think I think though to your point about um, the pride thing, I think it's very true. Like you know, I guess to like back into my story, I think I think that's why I felt so empty. I think I got to this place really fast where I was like, mm-hmm. so you know, when you talk about, I think you were alluding to God, like beyond this world. When I have, when you have no destination, you almost go like into this like weird nihilism. But you can't, your body feel. It's like your body knows, even if your mind doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you start to feel overextended. Like when I, I know that in the times of my life when I've been the most lost in in pride, even though I didn't realize it, I wasn't treating myself well. I was feeling alienated from everything. Um, and this, you know, this is this happens. Whenever I start to feel really, really alone, and there have some been some moments lately where like I've just kind of felt that way, and I've really reflected on like what was going on in that moment just before I was about to almost make a really bad decision. It's like, oh, I, I that was pride that I couldn't just like get down on my knees and and pray for help. Like it was just, oh, I'm woe is me, everything's so terrible, I can't be helped, I'm so alone. It's like, well, no, that was my own pride, you know, in the words of Marcellus Wallace, that's pride fucking with you. <laughs> it was that same kind of thing. It's like all I had to do was pray. I could have just prayed and acknowledged my powerlessness 
and it would have been okay. And to, sh- to see it show up even there was a real wake up call for me. But most men, I don't know that they ever have that realization that they can ask anyone for help from a place of humility. Right. Yeah. And I think it goes back to having a, a, a place for men. Um, mm. It's much needed, you know, because they don't, it's like, it's not only, it's not only not knowing, but even if you did figure it out, it's like, where do you go? Where, you know, where, yeah. how, where are you going to find that? Have you ever thought about creating a, like doing coaching for men? I mean, I don't, I don't know if like, if you have goals for the physique father, but like, have you ever thought about like, I don't know if you'd ever want it to be your full-time day job, but like, I obviously you, you offer to a lot uh, offer a lot of things to a lot of men, myself included. Like, do you ever think about doing something with that sometime? Like perfect, I guess, semi-professionally, I don't know what the right word is. Yeah, actually I, it's, it's, it's weird. Cause, um, all of this is like really, you know, my, in my niche Instagram that I've created, like whatever in this space, whatever this is like really fast. Like, um, like I was saying, like I get so many messages that I can't even keep up, you know, and sometimes I get buried and some of them will get lost. And I feel like there's such a hunger for it. And I've seen it at church. Um, I've been, even that fitness group that I was telling you about, like with like the men, like, I know that once you get it going, you see how like people, there's like a lot of momentum once you start something. Um, and, but I guess to answer your question, yes, I, I have a neb, like a, like, I don't know, a really kind of like a really vague idea of what it would be, but I would love, I would love to do that. Like if I could like full time, you know, um, and I don't know if it would I'd like to do it in person, um, something like that. But if it's online at first, like I, I, I totally would do that. I just don't, I don't exactly know the business strategy or how to really piece it together at, at this point. But I feel like there's, I feel like there's something there. I just don't know exactly what it is right now, but yes. So you'd want to do like a, a group thing in person, like in Southern California or like, cause that's really cool, by the way, at your previous workplace that you get like 60 people working out in the morning, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, that's, that's incredible. Like <clears throat> that paperclip that burst on your shorts, like most valuable paperclip ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I think it's like, you know, my trainer was, uh, my trainer was talking to me the other day. It's like, Oh, like, yeah, I think I should do my own thing. And I'm like, yeah, you can, like you should. And he didn't know, I, I, he didn't know my story. And I told him that. And I'm like, you totally can. It's possible. You just have to start. It's kind of like this Instagram. You mm-hmm. just have to start something. Um, but yeah, I would try to, I, I don't know, like I, maybe in California and maybe it like travels, maybe it's like a, an event thing or something like that. Um, or different chapters. Um, I just don't know exactly what it w- what it would be right now. Yeah, I don't know if it would set, center around fitness or, or maybe just you know maybe a combination of things. Maybe it's like my Instagram; it's like a hodgepodge, of whatever. Mm. Meme farming. <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, meme farming. <laughs> how you use Photoshop, guys. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's the, I mean? How are you? How are you making do in Southern California? Like, I I feel like every day the state's going to fall off into the ocean and, you know, probably most of the world would, would applaud at this point, but it sounds like you're making it work for you. I mean, I have to, like, this is where my, 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 yeah. is, my, my, uh, my son. Um, but I hate, I, I don't hate it here. I do. 
uh, I love the weather. I grew up here. I always feel like I was here first. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Fair, you, yeah. you leave, you know, all, it's funny. Cause like I see on, um, there's like lots of thoughts of like why California got ruined, but I have a lot of good friends that are like, they come from red States, you know, they're like the, the, the liberal yuppie person who's like, yeah, I'm going to California. Cause I've watched the OC or some stupid show. You've probably seen this. Mm-hmm. Let's go. They come over here and they're like, Oh yeah. Fish tacos, the beach. <laughs> yes. yeah and then they're like oh like i'm going to la jolla or del mar cool brah and like uh and then they bounce they just ruin the place and then they bounce off to colorado <laughs> and we're like mm-hmm. idaho or texas and they bring all and people will talk about um and you know people talk about like the border and that stuff which is also real because like you know most of those people yeah. are democrat that's a reality too but a lot of times it's like yeah but you got to control all these people too. <laughs> They're also a problem to come here and they, they wreck it. But uh, I guess as far as California goes, it's expensive. It's completely ridiculous. It's such a, it's such a, it's sad to see how shitty it's getting. And mm-hmm. even the people that have been here, as long as I have like the, you know, it's like, it's, they're blind. Like you're, like you're saying in a different way, like they just, Oh, it's fine. Like, you know, we have to do this. We have to, we have to wear a mask or, Oh, it's fine that there's poop on this headwalk. Oh, it's fine that they, you know, that town's just going to shit. It's fine that I, I pay this much in taxes. And it's like, no, it's not okay. None of it is normal. Well, how can you spend Mm -hmm. all day watching Netflix and know everything about squid games, but yet not even question this even before COVID, you can't even question that all your money is being taken. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like to combat the sun or some other bullshit idea um so yeah california to fight the sun yeah and the culture i don't know i don't know about you like i'm the culture is kind of like it's hard for me especially with like the awakening part because like i have friends yeah they i just can't it's hard because i I, like i said i have love for them but i can't resonate with it's really hard for me to resonate with them because they literally talk exact i hate saying it because i feel like i i almost feel like the inverse of a like of a libtard where i Make a cartoon caricature person of like, you know, how they're like, oh, like everybody's MAGA and racist. But in a way, on the reverse side, it does feel like people are living in memes here in California. You know, they're like, oh, like I'm a, I'm a dog mom or like we're going, you know, to get wine on Saturday night. I'm like, and everybody's like 37 mm-hmm. no kids. And I'm like, oh, I can't. I just I don't like this. And the culture mm-hmm. is a lot like that here. It's, it's vapid. The subject of men and jewelry is a tricky thing. As my friend and style coach Tanner Guzzi might say, it's best to stick with accessory pieces that have personal meaning to you rather than wearing jewelry just to wear it. But how can a man find a meaningful piece in a sea of cookie-cutter garbage? The answer is hand craftsmanship and one-of-a-kind wearable works of art. Which brings me to our sponsor, Deepwell Designs. The proprietor Thomas William handcrafts silver and precious stone pieces to meet your specifications. He's been making them for over 20 years, having learned lapidary and silversmith basics from his grandfather. And the results are spectacular. His pieces sing with style, quality, and care. On his website, you can see rings, necklaces, bracelets, cuffs, pendants, belt buckles, and more, and pieces for both men and women, even though it's too late to get them for the holidays. I'm picky about who I choose as sponsors for my podcast, and Thomas meets all my requirements. I met him in person recently and saw his jewelry. I asked, where did you get that? 
and he said he made it, and that was that, which is why I'm thrilled to introduce you to him today. I'd say more, but rather than telling, I prefer to show you what I mean. So visit deepwelldesigns.com or head to Instagram at deepwelldesigns00 and use the code RENOFMEN for 15% off any piece, including custom orders. If you don't see anything you like, just message, and I bet Thomas can make it for you. Once again, that's deepwelldesigns.com or deepwelldesigns00 on Instagram and use the code RENOFMEN for 15% off. As men, I believe it's important to support our fellow creators, so I hope you'll take a minute to help a talented one out. So it sounds like you've lost most, if not all, of your of your former friends. I have a, I have a friend, a buddy of mine named Dan, and uh, he and I have known each other for maybe about ten years, something like that. And uh, I was really fortunate in 2020, I think it was, to have red pilled him. Um, he and I used to get in really intense political debates. I had my own awakening from being overseas, like after 2016, and you know, he and I maintained a relationship after that. But as COVID started to really kick off in 2020, like we would get in these epic long debates, and so I had to, I had to message him. I'm like, dude, look, I will talk to you about literally anything except for politics. We, and there is no subject off limits other than politics. I simply won't go there. And, uh, and that, that we're not going to be able to be friends otherwise. Cause I just got tired of like, I can't even explain the worldview to you. But then, um, then I had, I had lived, I'd previously lived in New Zealand and he had also lived in New Zealand. And so, you know, in, in summer of 2020, something like that, he messaged me and he said, um, do you miss living in New Zealand? And I said, well, I can only answer that question if I can talk about politics, but I don't want it to be a discussion. I'll just, that's the only way I can answer the question. Do I have your permission to mention politics very briefly? Yeah. And he said, yes. And, and so, and so I answered the question and it was during the process of answering that question that I was able to kind of red pill him on, on the whole world, essentially, like in every, in everything. And I watched it all happen and it was really cool, except for the fact that, um, he started to see that all of our mutual friends that he and I had had were not coming with him. I'm like, not going to make it, you know? And it's been a process. I had already let them go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's, I mean, he's going through a process now of, 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 of like really, you know, I love you, Dan, if you're listening to this, love you, dude. And you've been, you've gone through it really well, but to recognize that like, yeah, these men that you cared about and loved, like even assuming that they loved you and it didn't all come down onto some jab or whatever, like they're not coming and they're never going to understand. Well, God knows if they'll understand, but they probably won't. So it sounds like you've been through kind of something similar in a way. Yeah, it's very hard. Like I, I think, especially here in California, like it's like you, you yeah. have you almost it's like almost like a mass extinction or genocide of all your friends, and it's like you yeah. have no animosity towards them, but you can't talk about any of it. And the the red pill is really painful because you know the truth. It's different. It's different from being like woke because woke people they just have to preach at you have to preach at it. Not that there aren't people on the right who are mm-hmm. like that. Um, Cause there are plenty of people who are like, Oh, like this is totally crazy. I'm like, yeah, you're going to scare everybody away. Like you're scaring me away. Mm-hmm. But like, um, <laughs> it's hard to see. It's hard to see. Cause you, you, you just, the red pill is a really, really painful process. It's not even a pill. It's mm-hmm. almost like a ride. <laughs> you can't get off of even mm-hmm. if you wanted to, you can't ignore it. You know, like I have, I have a friend, I have a friend and, um, you know, he, he's so in the matrix where he's, you know, he, he, he talked about like, Oh, I'm proud of my wife and her career. And 
I'm, you know, her career's mm. going so well. I'm like, I thought you wanted kids, man. Like she's, she's like the same age as me. She's not going to have kids. And I can't, I, you know, I was mm. like, Hey, I'll, I'll, I, in the nicest way I can, I'm like, Hey, like the window's closing. He's like, Oh, but her career is doing so good. And like, and it's like, he has no, no awareness of like sexual dynamics. And he has so much faith in the, you know, science and like, you know, fertilization and, you know, that total liberal mindset. And, and he won't even go near any sort of red pill or even consider it. You know, it scares him if I just, even just a smidge, you know how it is. You can talk about it a little mm-hmm. bit and they're, and they're like, oh, you're, you're an extremist. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's bad you don't want to do it because you don't want to lose that friendship. Right. You're like, you really, you really almost like walk on eggshells. And it's, I don't know, it's really hard to see because you see your friends like melt in real time. And I've had friends from years ago, like you get married and like, remember they've seen my kid and like, Oh, I can't wait to have kids. And then their liberal husband would be like, Oh, like we're going to travel. And then you see them all these years later and they just, the guy is the same, but the girl like looks just sad. You just see mm. it. And you, you know it, you know, it's the truth and you ask them and they'll lie. You know, they're lying to you. You know how they really feel somewhere, but it's such a painful thing to see people. I feel sorry for people on the left in the whole you know, especially, you know, with everything that's going on, like, it, I don't want to be like a preacher or a preach them all the years is like the reality and like, you wake up and this and that. It's just, I just, at the same time, you know, it's a painful process, but it's, it's kind of sad to see. I don't know. At least for me, it is. It's sad to see people like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was the hardest part of the red pill for you? Like, what was the thing that, that was really the most challenging, if you can remember? Um, I would say the, the, <laughs> In a, in a sad way, like, I think it was probably like the, what's it called? What's the term? The monkey branch swinging. Like the. Oh yeah. I think it's kind of, I think, I think in terms of like women, that was, that was kind of hard. Cause you, you start to see it a lot, you know, you mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't see that anymore, which is kind of obvious, you know, you're like, oh, or even if you think about like times when you're in your, like, you know, you've been successful to women, you're like, oh, that's why. Like when I was at my job, like I was like, you know, I was pretty high up there at like my old company. And I remember I'd have like girls that like, well, like, and then it's <laughs> trying to be as like, <laughs> as like a, not sound as douchey as I, as I am, but like I have girls I would sit on my desk, <laughs> sit up on my desk and like the white, you know, the white summer dress. And they're like, Hey Matt, uh-huh. I, I brought you like a, like a fresh, fresh baked banana bread and like stuff like that happened all the time. And wow. So, um, but I think when you go through the red pill and you learn about all that dynamics and stuff, like that's hard to see. Cause you're like, you're like, Oh man, will a girl really love me? Like, you know, like love me, love mm-hmm. me. Cause, um, I don't know. I'm a little bit soft in that way. Like I like the romantic side. And so that's, that was kind of hard in terms of the world. adjust how evil <laughs> the government is. And it's so mm-hmm. everything. I, I don't know how, I don't know what your politics are per se, but I just don't. I hate the state more than anything. It's ruined so much of my, it's ruined so much of my life. Um, mm. and I, you know, like it, you know, like with the divorce and all, but it, when you, I think that's how I became extremely red pilled and an extremist. Cause when you see it, it's like, yeah. how can you believe this machine? You know, it's like it, same, same leftist libtardians who are like, Oh, like anti-war, blah, blah. And like the state's evil or now are like, yeah, like, corporations are bad but then now they're like oh corporations are good they're here to save us in the state like mass mandates it's Mm -hmm. like it's 
it's disappointing. It's kind of like your like the friends I was talking about. It's disappointing to to see that I don't know if people are stupid or like midwits, but it's like it's so. I had so much more faith. Well, like I, I want to believe the best in people, and that's what a red pill I really hate because mm. I feel like it's condescending. But it's like, is it true though? Like you know what I mean? I don't know how what your mm-hmm. red pill is. If you want to share that, but those are a few of mine. Yeah, I mean that. I completely, I completely agree with both of those. Um, I think the hardest one, I think the hardest one for me to swallow was just how damaging women's independence and careers were like to really, like to really get underneath that. Because I think for a while, even when I was pretty red pilled on terms of everything else, it's like, oh yeah. I mean, look, I think women should go to college. I don't think they should go to the slut machine that college is, but I'm not like opposed to women going to like higher education for what it is. You know what I mean? But like there, but like I even had to get underneath that idea, like not to, not to advocate on behalf of it. Like, you know, some, I sometimes joke, make, make women illiterate again. Like, I don't actually mean that. I don't think anyone, anyone means that. I think I joke with Jesse Lee Peterson about that actually when I was on this podcast, like no one actually wants that, but like just to really get underneath, like how Wait. deep the, the end of amazing. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, that, that was cool talking to him. But yeah, he, but like to, to, to really get underneath, like just how bad, how deep the programming runs in women uh, that they need to be independent from men and just how deep that worldview understanding lived in me in ways that I couldn't see. And actually Tanner helped me with that. Um, Cause I just, I, I said something and like the way that he reacted to what he said was like, it took me back like, Oh shit, what did I say? And then I had to think about it, like, Oh fuck, it's even deep in me, you know, just, just how, how broken and wrong men's and women's relationships are and how far we are. Because like you say, like about, you know, that your, your liberal friends and, and, uh, and how, um, you know, oh, the guy says he wants to travel or he's celebrating her career or whatever. Like that's how it shows up, you know, like women should be independent from men and that's fundamentally a good thing. And that's just something that we all take for granted in our society. And it's so old and it's been around for so long. And it's such a thing that's so taken for granted about the world that once you really see it and you really see how much damage it does to relationships and it does to male and female happiness, you know, that took me a a long time to get underneath. And I'm glad I did, but like, wow, it was tough getting there, like finding rock bottom for that. And then, yeah, I I guess like you, I really want to believe, I really want to believe it's not so much the, it's not so much the government for me as like, I really want to believe the best in our leaders. And, but I don't necessarily mean governmental leaders and politicians. I mean, like, you know, like people who host successful media properties or authors or influencers or, or whatever, celebrities, whatever. Like I just finding myself wanting to believe that someone is going to stand up on behalf of humanity and just being continually disappointed by the incrementalism, no one willing to say the thing. But actually, I don't know if you heard, the Supreme Court just blocked the, the Biden vaccine mandate today. I don't know if you heard about that. I saw that. But like, it was like, yeah. I was like, I don't even know what to do about that. That just, I had formed this worldview that we're on our own and that just shattered my worldview again. Like, oh, someone actually showed up to lead. So maybe, maybe I'm not so right all the time. Yeah. And I don't, and so with the leader point, like, I'm like, are they just stringing us along? I'd never know. Like, you know, yeah. like, tr- like there's like, I don't know what your views on Trump are. Like, I like Trump because he was such a troll, like with people. <laughs> it's such a yeah. beautiful thing to see. But yeah, like, you just, I just, there's no like, there's no like 
powerful strong man that just like one of us you know that just swings his sword and just doesn't give an inch you know i think you had a post yep. with like aragorn and like like we need that guy you know like i'd love i'd love to see that and i just i can't i haven't seen it i don't know it's interesting though like, no yeah go ahead you're gonna say something oh i mean i was just gonna say that like you know trump you know, it's really, everyone wants to be the God emperor until it's time to do God emperor shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm happy to wear the robes and be the meme, but it's like when you actually have to show up and be the God emperor, like, yeah, it's not that yet. You actually have to show up and do a thing now. It's like the troll thing was good, but I think it was like, I think he represented so much unfulfilled promise for so many people to actually like begin to write the ship. And who knows if he had any power to do that to begin with, but sort of my, he, he, his, his brand has not aged well with me as, you know, as, uh, as well as I would have liked. Yeah. Yeah. Especially what he had to say about the, you know, what that, you know, what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, can you stand up for something, bro? Like, Oh no. Okay, cool. Well, bye. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, exactly. It's interesting though. As, when you're talking about the red pill though, just to rewind, like what you were saying about the, yeah. the women's liberation. I feel like that, that actually, that's a really, it's a really important one. Like I think, yeah. Um, you know, I was like writing about the dog mom because I have friends that just have no, no children. And then they, they talk about like, Oh, they, in a way it's almost like they're telling you they're in pain by telling you they're not in pain. They're like, Oh, I'm so happy. They're like being a dog mom. And I, you know, they'll, they'll talk about it. They're making their own personality, almost like the irony, bro. And it's like, it's just so damaging to women. You see, you see it. Like I've seen it with you know, a lot of girls that I know. And I'm like, it's terrible. It's tragic. <clears throat> yeah. And just like that, I'm glad that you named it because the irony bro, like the dog mom is a thing. The cat mom is a thing, but the irony bro is like a whole other thing. Like, I don't, I mean, I must've missed that post, but that's something that I've noticed going out in the world. It's like guys are dressed. This is irony is like their style with these disgusting you know button up tropical shirts and like floppy shorts or whatever and like a this like stupid baseball cap on their head like what are you doing like what's wrong with you but like that's a thing yeah i don't know it's like it's like cope world you know what i mean if i never have to (laughs) (laughs) if i never have to be serious no one will take me serious and i won't ever have to feel the consequences of being serious or feeling pain that you know wow that's heavy. <laughs> no, that's, but it's true, right? It's like if I never take anything seriously, then I'm never taken seriously and I'm never accountable for anything, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's why like, they're, everything's ironic, where it's like, oh, this is a joke. Or, oh, it's like, you know, I'm adulting. Like, you're just, you're <sighs> being a loser. You're ruining <laughs> your own life. <laughs> yeah. Adulting is like one of the most cringe words ever. Like authenticity, empathy, safe space. These are cringe words, but like adulting, as soon as someone says that word, it's like claw my eyeballs out. Yeah, so cringe. Yeah. The empathy is a big one. You see that on all the dating profiles. I'm I'm an empath. I'm like, yeah, okay. But then they also have like I'm like I'm I'm they're like I'm an empath, but then they also have like the BLM and then like, you know, like their their pronouns. I'm like, if you're really empathetic, then you would really understand the dynamics of like what you're advocating for. And to me, it's like, you're just lazy, you know? I'm like, you're not an empath. You're yeah. just a virtue signal person. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's, that's the, that's the thing, right. For men or for women, like that's, that's those two things get kind of conflated where it's like, you know, oh, I, I'm empathetic with the suffering that I've been told to believe in other people that exists. Right. <laughs> it's like, you're not, you're not empathetic enough to actually like look into it, but like, oh no, I'm empathetic enough to believe everything that I'm told is what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just, a, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> a lemming. So when you, so when you really started to, uh, to change your appearance and change your physique and change the way that like you showed up in the world, like not just, not just, I suppose with your friends, but like, what did you begin noticing? Cause this is, I think this is, there's a red pill hiding in here as well, where it's like, once you really get in shape and really, you know, get lean, get ripped and put, start putting on mass, like what did you start noticing different in your world after girls making you banana bread? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I think like, I think, uh, like Tanner talks about, you know, he talks about aesthetics all the time, right? Like, like define, he has like his three, what is it? The three archetypes, like the rugged, rakish and refined, like who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to think like when I looked in the mirror and I wasn't like, when I wasn't the physique father, I was the soy father, the soy boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. This literally soy boy. Like you, you, it's weird because it's like that that mind body. It's like the Mishima kind of thing where it's like you, you can't have one without the other, right? Like when you when you um, try to solidify one or get strong in like either your mind, your soul, your philosophy. Um, hopefully that projects outward. But I also feel like it's the same when you do it on the outside. So when you become like physically strong and you get shredded and all that stuff it starts to reflect who you are on the inside. And so like when I was referencing Tanner, it's like, well, how do I, if I'm going to show my face to the world and I'm going to show like who I am and what, what am I projecting? I'm like, well, what does that say about my insides? Right? Like I, I always felt that it was kind of like, you see Instagram influencers who like, they're like super jacked and they're like super, like way more shredded than that, like me. And they're just like bimbos. They're like male bimbos and they're just so dumb. <laughs> and <laughs> And like, they're yeah. like, Hey bro, like, here's my like coordinate workout. <laughs> and like, you know, like there's nothing going on in my brain. And then like, and like, to me, there's just the emptiness to that. And, you know, I think other dum-dums are like, yeah, that's going to be me. Like, and, uh, I just, I've never been that shallow. And I wanted, when I started to get in shape and all that other stuff, like, I was like, well, how do I want to project myself? How do I want my aesthetics to be? What do I want to look like? You know, like I grew my hair out and I had a beard for a second. I'm ashamed that I trimmed it, but I was like, okay, well, like, what does that mean about the insides? Like, am I also strong in the inside? What are those core pillars? What's the archetype of who I am on the inside? Um, so I started to think about that a lot more um, when I was getting in shape. Uh, so I can't even remember the question where I'm going with this. Just start talking. Sort of like, what did you notice differently about the way the world responded to you once you got in shape? Because we talked about, you know, you started losing friends because of some of your ideas. You started sharing things they thought you were an extremist. But like, sometimes the crab pot mentality is real. Like, once you're around a bunch of guys that are soy dudes and you start unsoying yourself, yeah. they don't react well. No, they don't. Like, I think a lot of guys were like, um, it, it's it's interesting because it's almost like there's a hard line down the middle. Because a lot of like. Uh, a lot of guys were like, oh, like, you know, you're on, they're like, oh, you're just like, are you on the juice, your steroids or like, you're, you're a dumb, dumb meathead. Mm. You know, even like the, the girls are like, whoa, like, uh, okay. Like vanity. Cause they don't understand 
anything I just talked about, like the, you know, the inside outside mind body connection, you know, to them, they can't even see the correlation with like their own beliefs of like fat phobia and all that other mediocrity world. Mm -hmm. Right. They can't see that. They're like, why am I miserable? I'm like, cause you, your, your body is like unhealthy. That literally affects Mm -hmm. your brain. So there was like a hard line. I think a lot of people were like, when I started to get better, they're like, like, why are you doing it? It was almost like alien. It's like the red pill in terms of like, you couldn't even explain it to them. To them, they just see only what they understand through the lens of like what pop culture tells them. They, you know, like where if you, if you watch any like, like movies and stuff, it's always the jock who's a villain, you know, or he's a dumb, dumb. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a, you know, the good guy is really the nerd, the intellectual. They can't see that you can't be both or, you know, you know what I mean? And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people were like, a lot of friends were like, they could not see what I was doing. They just thought, oh, this guy has gone off the rails. He's <laughs> probably, probably training to be like, a, I don't know, a, an extremist or like, a, like a, I don't know, like it's going to go like attack the capital. I don't, I have no idea. But a lot of people <laughs> were like, hey, you need to calm down. Like, you know, they don't like to see people improving. It was very foreign to them. Right. Um, and, you know, you get all the same, I get all the same stupid, it's like expected. Like you, uh, like, you know, the vanity kind of like the vanity comments or like a juice head and stuff like that. Like, it's like, Oh, cool. You know, like, or like, you're so insecure, you know, you're, you, you think like getting muscles will get you chicks and stuff like that. Like it's so like, it's so myopic and you can't even, it's really hard to even explain or even be, know where to begin with those kind of people. But then on the other side, like I was saying, on the other side of like down the middle, you get a lot of guys, which I found were like, yeah, <laughs> amazing. How do I do it myself? Or like, good for you. Um, which I actually didn't expect because I also had more of that mentality prior. So I can understand where the people who criticize me are coming from. Cause I, cause you're kind of coom brain to like, <laughs> not appreciate like aesthetic beauty and the way it translates to the spirit. So I can understand where they're coming from. Cause I'm, cause I'm an empath, but it was really, <laughs> it was really invigorating to see people who really saw it from the spiritual side and the self-improvement side. So yeah, that there was, there was a white, there was a white pill in there. At least I thought he's, there are so much, there are so many men out there who, um, I think are waking up and they also, they understand, they see the, the power of encouragement and brotherhood and cheering on other men. Um, and also in that too, like I realized that you can also inspire a lot of people. I've had so many people message me like, Oh man, like, you know, how do I, how do I do that? Like, what do, what do I do? And, and uh, you can't assume that everybody is coom brain. Like even a lot of normies are inspired by it. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, it sounds like you probably get some of that in your DMs, like guys that you wouldn't expect to be inspired by. Like they're kind of figuring out, like they see your content or they see the humor. Maybe they even resonate with the humor and they come across, they, they find you and they're like, wow, like you, you've woken me up to something that they, or they, you've woken them up to something they wouldn't have otherwise taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten DMs well, like from people who are like, I'm a father of three. I've got three grown up daughters. I'm really fat. Oh, wow. You know, like. I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to do. I've like, my wife doesn't have sex with me. I've had ones where guys that are like, I'm about to turn 30. I'm going to commit suicide if I don't, if I don't get in shape. And you know, it's some of it's like really wow. heavy. And I'm like, I, it, I, I don't, you know, I'm just a man and I'm 
still trying to figure things out, but like you realize that there are so many lost men out there that, that, yeah. that need this. And this is just one aspect of men needing men. And it's like, they're, they don't know how to find each other. Apparently mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I, I had to look far and wide. And I think the formation of whatever, you know, what you're doing with like the you know Renaissance of men and like all these other guys is like, Jonathan had told me this and I had never thought of it. Like, he's like, this is the tip of the spear. Can you imagine if like, yeah. if we had, if we were multiplied, if we were everywhere, like, yeah. you can't find us. We're almost like fringe, but it's so wholesome here. At least my point. Of view. Mm-hmm. It is. That's the thing that, that so many men don't get is they look at this and they label it as extremist or whatever. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Like we're only extremist because the culture is extreme. Like there's no one advocating for anything truly extreme in our, in our corner. Right. Like that, and that's the crazy thing. And, and Tanner talks a lot about this. Like we only seem extreme because the culture is what's extreme. What we're talking about has been reality was reality for thousands of years. And it's just in the past 60 years or so that what we talk about has become extreme, but that's just a measure of how insane our society has become. It's extremely, yeah, it's, it's very extreme. I think you, I think you're, you, I can't believe I missed that red pill, but you're, I think you're very right in terms of like women separating themselves and just trying to be this almost atomized individual career person that just, just wiped out everything else. And everything is a joke. Like yeah. all we're, all we're advocating for is like living a fulfilling life and just meant to be their, their best selves. And when you do that, people make fun of you or they think, oh, mean, and it's really hard to explain it. So it's like the crabs in the bucket mentality they they don't even know they're doing it if that makes sense mm-hmm. it's like the agent smith phenomenon where it's like you can be having a nice conversation with someone and they'll say something and you'll make an offhanded comment and then they just transform in front of their eyes in front of your eyes into some sort of like advocate for the matrix it's like whoa <laughs> yeah. you know, what's going on there yeah exactly and it's sad because you you know exactly <laughs> what they're going to say too verbatim they don't understand anything yeah. you're saying but you know exactly what they're going to say and you, you just you just let Agent Smith talk to you at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I try to talk to normie men about what I do with the Renaissance of men, guys, some guys just don't get it. Like, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with men. You know, it's like, well, look at your look at your body. Look at the way that you relate to the world. Like, I was just talking to some guy the other day, and I said, I, you know, I, I, I write and uh, do coaching around masculinity. And he's like, yeah. And the first thing out of his mouth was about like Governor Andrew Cuomo, like sexual harassment case in New York, you know? And then he said, oh, I'm just another white guy. And I was just like, I, I probably came back at him harder than I needed to. But it's like, if, if I say masculinity and the first two things out of your mouth are to somehow link your thoughts about masculinity to this piece of shit governor, you know, as if that has anything to do with you or I. And to say just another white guy, like, what do you mean just another white guy? Like, who told you that you need to say that you need to dismiss yourself? Like, what would you need to be in order to seem valuable to yourself? And guys don't even recognize they do it. They just dismiss themselves instinctively. And when you point it out to them, like, you're the bad guy. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm pointing out to you the way that you think about yourself, but I don't think about myself that way. And guys just don't get it. They don't get it. Yeah, I hate uh, the white guy thing. Just I hate that. I hate that with a passion. Like that's one thing that really, yeah. really gets me. I thought it was interesting when you had your last podcast with, with Jonathan about race. Uh, I think that's an interesting topic because, like, the white guy, yeah, dis. Why do you dismiss yourself because you're white? It's so. Mm-hmm. It's so so yeah. But then if you talk about that in Normie land, they're like, oh, okay, white supremacist. 
<laughs> right. Yes. Forgive yeah. me for speaking about like, well, first of all, yeah, there's no way, there's no angle into that. Like you try and talk about how white isn't a thing and then that's bad. And then you talk about like, you should be proud of your heritage, whatever it is. And then that's bad. It's like, fuck, fuck, no matter what I do. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's just so soy. And then, you know, like you, everybody's like, oh, like, it's a whole intersectionality dynamic. And it's just so cringe. It, none of it makes sense. Yeah. It's all gobbledygook. Like if you just, that's why I try to do it with the graphics. I try to just write it out like in a linear fashion. It's like, you see how dumb this is like you know <laughs> well it's it's your it's your you're like your pie charts it's it's, it's your bro <laughs> science and mathematics that gets me every time make it up <laughs> <laughs> no it's like they, I, you did a series of what with like a xy diagrams oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so good do you get, I mean, do you get uh, DMs from women? Like what, 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 like they must be messaging you. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's smiling. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I got, I got DMs. I got, I got these DMs. Um, I had these, these two girls that were, they showed me the screenshot. They're like fighting over me. They're like, oh, he's mine. I saw his, his, his I saw his Instagram first. And they're, they're showing like the pictures of like me with like my muscles. And they're like, he's evolving still. <laughs> Like funny stuff like that and then i'll get i'll just get i'll get random ones and like you know like i i know what's going on um but i try to i try to keep it family friendly because i, I can see how uh you know how slippery things can get like <laughs> pun intended no, no i'm just kidding um but like mm -hmm. yeah I, <laughs> I uh i try to keep it like 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 uh i try to keep uh treat women like the dudes <laughs> how does that go it it keeps it keep i think it i think it keeps them at uh bay but i think it's funny because i think some of the women are also like the women are more the women are really respond really really fast to me <laughs> if that if that makes sense like, oh wow yeah so mm -hmm. it's an interesting phenomenon um but yeah i try to i just try to keep it there i always pocket I don't want to let my head get any bigger than it is. Sure. I mean, do you find that you get more positive versus negative responses from women? Like what's the difference between what you'll get, like comments on the posts versus like in your DMS? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, it depends on what I'm writing. It, I, I think it's funny because I get uh, of lately. I've actually in the beginning, it was funny. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the topics that I was, I was writing about. But in the beginning, I got a lot of hate DMs. I get, and I started, to, I started doing like jokes, like the the Conor McGregor, your wife is me in DMs, and uh, because <laughs> somebody else's wife would be in me DMs, and <laughs> and she'd be like, do you think it's okay for you to say this? And I'd be like, and then they'd write me an entire essay. They're like, can we talk about this? And I'm like, sure. And then they'd be like, they'd write like four pages, will of like why I was wrong, how I didn't think about it, how I could hurt somebody, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, so are you going to change? And I'm like, I just write like a one word answer, like wrong. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You're a woman, don't care. Oh, man. And, but, but I think because I've grown larger too, like I think it, like it's, I've gotten a lot from actually like other wives where they're like, this is really great. This is what, this is what men should be doing. Um, and 
you know, early on when I run the physiognomy test on the, the wife, the wife in me DMs who, who was, you know, complaining about me, I'd go to her page and then I'd see the husband and it was always like some weak, fragile dude. And I felt so bad for him, completely broken, like dead in the eyes, mm-hmm. like posing for the picture, like hoping like she doesn't beat him like later on that night. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything. Like I, I'm not like, I'm not, uh, I don't engage in it. I don't like to engage on social media with people who want to combat. It's, it's too taxing, you know? And I think people just love it. They love to fight. So uh, with, with the, the women in my DMS now, it's mostly just like, oh yeah, this is good. So, which is, which is cool. It's kind of cool to see like, there's actually like red, red pilled women out there. So the ones that I talk to now are, are, are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That must be encouraging to see that like w- some women are figuring it out. Like I call it the great reconciliation and the Renaissance of women that, you know, I, again, what we're, what we're talking about is, is not truly in essence, extreme. It just seems extreme because our culture is. And once you start getting a little bit red pilled and like, like, I think some of my, some of my guy friends and I were talking about this today, like, who was able to pull, who was able to pull off the, the, the cell job that like better than raising a family is to sit in a cubicle for 20 or 30 years and work on PowerPoint spreadsheets and sit in meetings. Like who pulled that off? Like, that's pretty incredible, right? It's amazing. Right. It's like female empowerment. And it's like, yay. Like I'm in the office or I'm in zoom, zoom calls all the time. It's like, it's just so like, man, you go to it, you work for a dude who, probably doesn't care about you or just likes you because you're maybe, maybe because you're pretty or maybe not, or, or you work for another, you know, it's like the company's like yeah. company, you know, it'll never love you as much as it might be a great company, but they'll never love you as much as a, a family will, you know, whoever mm-hmm. did it, whoever did it. Do you have a girl? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, that's, that's all I was saying. Well, I was going to say, do you have a girl, do you have a girlfriend now? I mean, that's maybe, maybe that's like the most personal question of all, right? <laughs> Oh, no, I, I mean, I have a, I have a date, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend yet, but I'll try. I'm trying to acquire one. We'll see. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's, does she know? Does she know? Does she, does she know about your, your, uh, your alter ego? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> that'll be, that'll be interesting. It's like, Oh, by the way, here's my, here's my Instagram page. Have you heard of Gaston? She's like, yeah. She's like, Gaston. What is Liver King, <laughs> your <laughs> art of misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> That's the. And I would imagine that like art of misogyny, witty banter, like some of those posts are probably the ones where it's like, it's kind of venturing out a little bit. But like you have to, I don't know, you have to have a sense of humor when engaging with the stuff because I don't think you actually. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to speak for you and say what you mean and what you don't mean. But like, there's a there's like a degree of like you have we have to be able to laugh at men and women too like that's that's part of the fun like we can take it all super seriously and and there's and there's value in discovering these like sort of timeless principles between men and women but like can we also just be caricatures of ourselves can we also just laugh at at, at us because we're all ridiculous and i think there's some component of that of what you write about yeah exactly i think like you know it's i think those those pieces in particular like a lot of a lot of women love those and talk, talk about dms Women actually love those ones. I thought they were like my, my, my best pieces. And I think it's because like, you know, they're so tired of hall monitor society. It's like, you can't laugh at this. Can't laugh at that. You know, it's like the funniest they could do is like a Hannah. I don't know if you know who Hannah Gatsby is or like an Amy Schumer. 
there's like nothing humorous. Mm-hmm. It's like clapter, you know, you can't actually laugh. There's nothing that you can laugh about anymore. And it's just so sad, you know, or it's like, it's like whatever SNL has devolved into or TikTok videos where it's just like adult people. There's no like really truly witty humor um, or something smart. You know what I mean? It's all like, it's like slapstick. And it's like, this is for children. Not that it can't be funny, but it's like, I don't know. We live in this humorless world now. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, 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 it's like, you're not allowed to laugh at anything. Cause everything has to be, everything has to be super serious. You have the dudes in the men's space who are super serious, you know, you know, myself included. And then you have like, on, then you have the leftist space where everything is like wall of text kind of memes because like, you can't even laugh at reality anymore. It's like, where's the, where, where are we allowed to have fun? And that's, you know, like you're answering that. Right. Exactly. You just, just need to learn to laugh again, man. <laughs> I want to hit you with some more of the questions from Instagram, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, there were, there were several of them. And uh, let's see, we've got, we, we, we answered the one from Jonathan, which was, um, what does BAP get wrong about the world? Um, oh, a whole bunch of, Jonathan asked a whole ton of questions. So he also wants to know, uh, what are your goals for your Instagram? And I, I'm glad that he asked that because like, you know, I, 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 Tanner, for example, has, has adopted it with, with attribution, like your style of posts as well. So you're, you're having an impact. Oh yeah, no, actually I made those for Tanner. <laughs> Had, oh, perfect. Yeah. So he had reached out to me and I, I figured like he, Tanner helped me gain traction because he had shared a lot of my stuff. So I made those for him. Um, I think, I think as far as goals, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think my first, my first goal when I made it was to just make a post a day and I, I've done it so far since, since shreds, shred 60. So for that, for all, for, you know, the end of 2021, and I'm trying to do the same thing this year. I'm trying to take baby steps and trying to figure out what it is. My goal for this year is to make a post every day at least and then put it all together in like a book um, a mm. book or two. Like just, you know, create all that content and then just um, bundle it up and then make a book out of it. And I think that will help me. Like, I think in that time, I'll help me flesh out kind of like a like what I definitively want to do with um, this whole physique father thing. I think, mm-hmm. you know, to, I think to what you were, you asked me about earlier, I'd like to do something tangibly in the world, something where I'm actually talking mm-hmm. to other men like yourself, or maybe it's like, maybe it's part online, maybe it's a group thing. Um, but I don't know, throwing out white pills and red pills, white, white pill grenades everywhere and waking up mm. and, saving them. I just, I don't know exactly how, and maybe that it'll come to me closer, but I feel like doing Instagram is helping me navigate. I feel like the more I make, the more like ideas come to me. And I think it'll start to come Mm -hmm. out of Instagram. Like it'll start to come from there. And I'm also, you know, like making a connection with you and other people I've made connections with. And like, I think I'm crossing my fingers that like, you know, with the help of like all the great guys in this space that I can figure it out. So, but you know. that's the cool thing about podcasts is that like you get the chance to kind of share what you're about in a way that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of impossible to do on an Instagram post or a Twitter post. Blogs are kind of, yeah, it's one thing, but like YouTube and podcasts are so much, they're so good for people being able, for men, especially to be able to show who they really are in a way you can't really 
you can't really hide. You know what I mean? Like yeah. over the course of talking for a couple hours, right? Like so men will get a chance to pardon me, I live on Hot Rod Alley today. <laughs> um but uh you men will get a chance to get a feeling for who you are from listening to this, right? Yeah. I mean, what's your experience? I saw that you were with like uh weren't you in I don't know where you were, you were like on a tropical island with like the whole like all the all the big dogs recently, weren't you? Like, uh, oh yeah. Cancun about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that's through you through your podcast, right? Like like how you met all these guys or Yeah, that's that's one of the ways. I've got a couple projects that I'm working on in the background, and that's sort of what helped me. Um and uh, that's what helped me connect with a lot of those guys. Um, you know, I guess offline, you'd say. So like I do have the podcast, and the podcast has been hugely successful for me, but there's some other things that I do in the men's space. Um, that aren't quite that aren't public yet, which is why I ended up down there with the with the big dogs, and I got to do some of that while I was there. Very cool. So, like a top secret project. Top secret project for now. You'll <laughs> hear about it this year, though. Okay, right on. Very cool. But yeah, like the, you know, doing the more content, and this is this uh, maybe maybe this is a great way to push back on on BAP a little bit. As much as I appreciate his philosophy, it's like if if you're going to be a non, there's really only like there's only so far you can go, right? Like do a nons do get togethers in Cancun. Like wouldn't that defeat the whole purpose of the thing. Right. So like putting your face out there, helps you be trusted and helps men network with you. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing this for like two years now. Creating content. No, just, just over just, to, I started my podcast in October, 2020. So just 15 months, something like that. What's your, wow, you've made a lot of great connections. What's your, do you have any, I mean, do you have any tips or advice? Like, or do you have a goal yourself? Like, oh yeah. I mean, I love, I, I mean, I just really love conversations. So I've been, even though I've been only producing content in the masculinity space, let's say for the past 15, 15 months, I've been studying it in various ways for the past like 20 years. Um, not constantly, but like, you know, sort of like on a, on a, exponential kind of curve, you know, making it more and more of my life. So I guess I, I sort of had the idea to put together the things that I really enjoy doing, which is like conversation about masculinity and I have a pro audio background. So it was really natural for me to start doing a podcast. So those things just kind of came together on their own where it's like, oh, wow, like not only is this, is this cool, um, but I'm good at it and I enjoy it and it's fun for me. So I would like to be able to do, and now I have a YouTube channel. And so I'd like to do a lot more with this podcast um, because I think it's, it's really, it's really exciting for me to be able to give men the chance to talk about the things that are most important to them. Because I like, I actually care about these subjects. Like I care about your story. I care about the transformation that you've been on. I think these things are of the, you know, the, the renaissance of men, you've been through your own personal renaissance. And I think that has just a monumental significance, not just for your life and your son's life, but because you're a content creator, look at all the men's lives that you've been able to affect myself included. And I think these things are so important and I love talking about them. So I, I want to do more of this in, uh, in, in 2022 is where we're at now. It's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So it might be for you, like putting together, like, what are the things that you really love doing? You know, and how does that matter? Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's not a podcast for you. Maybe like workouts in parking lots in Southern California, you know, with, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, with ridiculous, ridiculous drills or something like that. I don't know. Like, how do you work the humor in? But these could be ways to think about it. <laughs> Just do it as physique king. <laughs> Never break character. <laughs> exactly. Flamethrowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crawl into the fire, primals. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like our ancient ancestors. Like our ancient ancestors. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best part. Like, <laughs> like your what, chocolate chip waffles. <laughs> <laughs> My chocolate chip tree. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that sort of oh god, that sort of stuff is so great. I have, I have this irrational so it, that he'll find me in real life one day and kill me. <laughs> He's he's hunting you now. Yeah, pulls out a knife, steals my test seals. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll censor the bit where you said like he's like Santa Claus, <laughs> a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and a dwarf. Well, maybe he won't hear that. Yeah, you can leave it in there. I'll have him come find me. <laughs> <laughs> he will wrestle for supremacy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I have a question um, from KJ says words. So we talked a little bit about um, talked a little bit about living in Southern California. He's he's wondering how prepared are you? Um, what do you what do you fear from it, and how can he help? Oh yeah, I I had reached out to him because it's kind of like uh, you know like we've like this whole conversation like red pills. Like when I saw his stuff, well, and I think when I first like kind of like blew up he had messaged me he's like hey what's your story what are you about he's like oh i'm kj and like i'm a homesteader i'm self-sufficient i had no idea about any of that shit you know i'm california dude like you know mm-hmm. go surfing and like i was like oh man i have no idea and i had messaged him recently like how do i i don't know where to start and he'd send me like you know uh he's like oh, i have all these ideas so um to be honest i have no idea all i have it's such a bad answer all i have is this giant freezer with a bunch of meat in it. And I'm like, how, how long will this last me? And how will I even cook it? So I don't, I don't know. I don't have a plan right now. I think that should be my personal goal, aside from all of the physique father stuff for this year. Because who knows? Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, you never know when catastrophe could happen. California feels like a, a place that would fall easily, go to, go to shit. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the who are some of the Instagram Instagram content creators or, or content creators on any platform that inspire you? Like you look at some of what KJ was doing. Who are some of the other guys that you that you think are are doing great stuff? Maybe not that you like to emulate because you kind of have your own lane. But the guys is like, I mean, other than other than Saint Liver King. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, I like. So I had this conversation with Jonathan, and I think. I always got to give it up to Tanner because Tanner was like, Hey, you got to make stuff. I think he was, when he first told me to make, like, you know, he's the one who kind of brought me out of this. They brought me into the light. And, um, but I like what he does. And the way, when I was talking to Jonathan, he had phrased the way that he talks about Tanner and like Ryan Mick to Tanner specifically is that he kind of like floats above all the culture wars. I mean, he touches on it, but it's more like he's like at a different level where it's not like, not really in the muddy, like where I'm, I'm more direct at, like I'll take a direct jab at like the, the PC culture, like the cat lady where he's more like, you know, you live like a, like a good life and kind of like Jonathan himself too, where it's like, be about your faith, God, your family and being a a good man. And like Ryan Mickler, obviously I think Ryan's probably like the easiest one. He's a given, you know, having those, Mm -hmm. those, you know, tenants like protect, provide, preside, I think those guys are doing Jonathan, Ryan, Mickler. Uh, yeah, the Bean, Jonathan, Bean Husband, so anybody's listening. Ryan, Mickler, Order mm-hmm. Man, and then Tanner, Masculine Sire. Like, I think those are three really ideal, like that's a trinity of, of good guys to um, 
that I that I look towards for I think those guys are like the leaders, but they're also like like guys you can just take away stuff, even if you didn't make anything yourself, but like personally for your own life, like you know, like a good example of like what to be as mm-hmm. a man. And then I think in terms of like stuff that inspires me, I think of if anybody wants to do what I'm doing, like I think in terms of inspiration, I I look at a lot of different things too. Like I look at like advertising. So I'll look at like Ogilvy, like if anybody's familiar with like David Ogilvy, kind of like the mm. inspiration for like Mad Men and like advertising. I also like to look at um, a guy called The Future. He helped me with the, not he didn't help me directly, but I'd follow his format for like branding and telling good stories. I think a lot of guys, you're really good at this, Will, is like having like a recognizable brand and like a voice mm. and like, you know, like, what do you stand for? And I think telling a good story, I think a lot of guys miss that or they don't have a di- differentiator. So I like to follow a lot of advertising because I think if you sound like everybody else, no one, you're kind of, you're kind of boring to people. You know what I mean, like I have some of the guys mm-hmm. that put around this sphere, like I like them. I'm not trying to knock on them, but they'll mess with me. Like, oh, like, how are you growing? So how are you doing this? And it's like, you've got to, you've got to be your own man and you've got to learn some advertising tricks. You've got to learn in some ways you got to learn what like the left is used to dominate culture in a lot of ways you have mm-hmm. to be, or even like, you know, like I know we don't, you know, you don't have a good opinion. I, I, I share a lot of the same sentiments like, but like a Trump, but like if anything, if there's any lesson people could have learned from him, it's like, you have to learn some ideas about hyperbole standing out, you know, being N equals one. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff on Instagram creatively, like artistic stuff that can, really help you shine. Um, so I try to like follow a lot of like art stuff too. I think there's a lot of power there in advertising. Do you, and you do some drawing and you do like creative non Instagram creative stuff as well, because I think I saw one of your drawings of like a giga chat or something like that. It sounds like you're also an artist maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, I did one recently of Kamala as the Joker. <laughs> I saw that one. Yeah. Well, so so you get to roll in some of your some of your. Um, are you still a creative director? You guess you get to roll some of that into your into your into your work as well. Yeah, I think what I try to do is I try to hi- I've tried to hijack the medium, like Instagram. Like people mostly think like the slides in the generic format or like like the the reels, but like there's so much you can do creatively. Like if you mix up your content, like at least that's what I what I've done, and I think it seems like a like a, a winning strategy. Like it keeps people on their toes, like, you know, just different ways of viewing content and information. Um, and also try to, I think what I've tried to do too, is like, you see, um, people create memes and I think they're really funny, but sometimes they're just like ugly. <laughs> I think that's maybe the creative mm-hmm. side of me or the designer, like a almost like autistic side where I'm like, Oh, it's like aesthetically it looks, it doesn't aside from being funny. And even if it has a powerful message, it doesn't, it always kind of bothered me because it's like, well, it doesn't represent it. It's saying like a really funny statement or it might be like really true. Maybe it's like making fun of, you know, the coup or something political going on, but it doesn't resemble what we are or have like an aesthetic feel to it. You know what I mean? It doesn't have like a regality to it. And so that's what mm-hmm. I try to do when I, that's why I don't just meme normally. I'll try to create something almost branded to let you know like where it came from, like it came from me and that you can trace it back, you know? So that's what I, at least that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, you sort of create something distinctive that men can kind of borrow from and rec- it's recognizably you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another question from uh, from Jonathan West. We kind of talked about a little bit about this earlier. He he asked how you came to faith in Christ, which I, I suppose for that might, might be wonder like what the what the role Christ, what sort of place Christ has in your everyday life now. Uh, I think he has a big role. I think <clears throat> I think with with Christ, um, it's you know I think to be a believer, you have to. It's like it's submission to God. I. I have a legitimate mm-hmm. fear of God now. Um, and I think it's like, a, you know, it's like the red pill thing. Like I, because I'm afraid, I know when I do tiny things that are, and I've sweared, I sweared on this podcast a little bit. And like, even stuff like that, like where I, I know that the tiniest things, the slippery slope fallacy or argument is really real. And so I, with Christ and God, I, I see I'm more aware of like where I could go wrong. Um, and I think he plays a, a good role in keeping me like on the straight and narrow path, you know, the straight and narrow path, you know, cause the gate to heaven is narrow. And I think it helps me really focus the kind of man that I want to be. So it's he, in a lot of ways, he's like guardrails. So I don't deviate from that. Mm-hmm. Path. So I can stay focused. So I'm like, okay, well, what kind of man am I? If I, if I know all the things that I'm not, ever going to be again i know what lane i'm i'm focusing my life in that makes sense and i think you know as far as like building a family and all that stuff like it means so much more now that i have that relationship with god i know why i'm doing it i know why physique father Mm -hmm. writes anything that i do because everything about this world to your you said i think you said earlier is that it's like literally the antichrist like it is a holy place. And it's not because I want to own, own the libtards and this and that, because I seen so much misery that it brings in friends and family and without sounding too soy, it breaks my heart. Like I hate seeing that. Mm-hmm. It broke my own life. It shattered my life. And people think that you can live this nihilistic thing with no consequences or that you're so smart that, you can reinvent genders in the future and dynamics, but you can't. And, you know, being a father, you see it in a child. It's like, he's clearly a boy. You clearly see these things. And to, to bring a child into the amorphous world, if you're like, you know, two, <laughs> they, them, theirs, it's like you're robbing children. You're robbing the future. And that's exactly where we're headed. And, you know, the, the covenant between marriage, man and woman, all, there's <laughs> this is a long answer. There's so much to God that intertwines the world. And if you cannot see that, and if even if you deviate from a little bit, it's where you get all these abstractions we're seeing now, that, that social justice sense, you know, centers around the woke thing centers around, it's all the antichrist. It's mm-hmm. just, there's, there's a, such a strong correlation between all these mental illnesses and like this sadness, immense sadness in, that people feel. And it's like, you, and, the, and it goes back to the cat, the cat lady, the irony, bro, the dog mom. It's all a cope mm-hmm. because they won't submit. And they think it's like slavery, but like, is it slavery? Then what are you, what kind of life are you living? You lit, you work for the corporate, the corporation of valuable humans who are just as bad as you. You live for an alone ide- ideology where you're going to die alone because you don't need a man. I, you know, I'm a man, yeah. but I, I'm not like so emotionless robot that I'm like, oh, I don't need a woman. Like I'm too good for that. Like just, what am I alive for? You know what I mean? So there's, mm-hmm. there's so much there. 
No, I love like, I think everyone has to submit to something. Like, what are you going to submit to? Like people are afraid of submitting to Christ, but they've already submitted their lives to the state or to a TV show or an image that someone handed them of what their life was supposed to be. They just don't think of it in those terms. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why you see a proliferation of like pronouns and like people just fill it with like emojis, like the blue wave emoji or the rose emoji and like, you know, like labels, like everybody has, a everybody has a, a false God in my view, but mm-hmm. you have to feel that emptiness. There's what's just, you know, you submitting to the right God or the only God is the, is the way to go in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, like you and me, like we both had to go through our own, you know, phase of complete disillusionment with the world and, and with ourselves as the end of the story, you know, like I I reached a place where the decisions that I was making on my own strength were not getting me any closer to any amount of fulfillment. And it was only once I realized, you know, the depth of that, that I was creating my own misery out of fear of submitting to God that I was able to kind of turn around. And I had a lot of help with that. And you had something similar. and. I guess most people are afraid of feeling that emptiness, right? Yeah, it's so true. It's it's so true. But it's it's freedom. It, submission is mm-hmm. it's freedom. Hard to explain to It's that great paradox. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, like please go ahead, say more about it, because uh, I can I can talk about it for hours. No, go ahead. No, go go for it. I was gonna, I was gonna say go ahead and talk about it. Oh, I mean, it's, it's the paradox, right? It's that, it's that crazy paradox where it's like, we're so afraid of being quote unquote slaves, but we already are. You're just a slave to your passions, a slave to your vices, a slave to what your friends tell you to do, a slave, a slave to what the TV says that you actually like when you actually surrender voluntarily, willingly to something consciously, that's when you find real freedom. That's really hard for some people to wrap their heads around. Yeah, it, it, it is. It takes like, you know, I think as you go through in trials, like your, you know, our, our own trials and tribulations, as you go through hard things in life and you realize what's on the other side or what inherently happens if you continue down the path of just worshiping yourself, you don't, I mean, not necess- you're not necessarily mm-hmm. worshiping yourself, but you're like, oh yeah, like you just go along with the flow, but you're like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, that, that thing like chicks always like, they say like, oh, I'm going to just do me, find myself and travel. It's like, <laughs> you're always there. <laughs> so it's like a hippie but like you're always there but it's like how empty is that like you know what i mean it's like there's a mm-hmm. definitive stop to you like i i may have a big head and i may feel confident about things but i know that i don't know a lot and if you circle around that infinity it's like it's like madness it's nihilism it's like dying on a rock in the middle of the ocean like you'll never mm-hmm. you'll never find yourself. You'll never find meaning. It's so, it's such a lonely place to be. And worse than that, like you can just fill your, your fill your soul with like the worst of things and not even understand it, which I did. And it's, it's painful and you can really not just hurt your life, but you can, you can mess up a lot of people's lives. Say more about that. I think, you know, like I think in, in my opinion, I think it's like, for me, at least anecdotally with my, with my life, like not, not being clear on, you know, what kind of values or virtues I had, I couldn't even tell you the definition of virtue. Maybe, you know, when I got divorced Mm -hmm. seven years ago, I I was that stupid. I couldn't tell you what my, what my values were. I couldn't tell you what virtue meant. 
couldn't even tell you what Veritas meant. I none of that. Like mm-hmm. probably like ninety percent of my vocabulary on Instagram, I didn't I didn't understand by any capacity. Um, and obviously, like look what happened. Like I'm trying to find redemption with whatever my life is moving forward, but the aftermath is like my ex wife. Like you know, she's the same age as me, but it's like I took that that marriage from her like a like a perfect union and just riding off into the sunset. And I think that's what she had wanted, but I failed that. And I failed that for her. And this is not like mm-hmm. a one I thing, but like, I can recognize that. Like that's, that's bad. My own son, like he, these are hard things to like, just admit, but like my son, like he's the only child, but to think like, sometimes they're like, Oh, I wish I had a brother. You know, it's really hard for me to be like, yeah, like I took, I took that from you. And I know things aren't promised, but it's like, it's very easy to, um, if you live selfishly like I did and just just be an evil, almost an evil person, but unconsciously not know it. I mean, I, there were parts I'm not absolving because there were parts of me that I knew were evil for sure. I knew I was doing wrong, but it was so much easier to get there when I didn't know what the consequences were. And when I didn't really have a, uh, a gate to stop me and it, it affected my son and it, you know, affected my ex-wife, it affected the families that were joined in that union. And I think mm. you know, the, the externalities of that is like you, it's not just divorce, but you see it with other people. Um, and another person I'm going to probably talk trash on is like my, my own brother, my own brother is the exact opposite of me in that he's an extreme, like he's extreme leftist kind of has like a, he literally has a pussy hat. And oh, wow. he saw that he saw a copy of Ayn Rand like in my room once, and he said I was a white supremacist and I suffered from toxic masculinity. I didn't even know what those terms were at the time. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, and he's you know he shits on my dad. He gets along with my dad, but he'll be like, oh, like dad, like white males are the problem. And it's like you know my son, like I'm ambig- I'm racially ambiguous, but like my son's like you know a white kid with blonde hair and. He, my my brother is filled with those state ideologies. You know, we have the same background, so I can't sure. imagine what he's going through. He's gone. He went to the other side extremely. You know, he lives in San. He moved to San Francisco recently, and it's like, Ugh. yeah, of all the, Why? I know of all the times to move there, and that's that's my brother. Um, and I, I I love the guy, but he he won't have anything to do with me, and because he believes so much in the state, he believes so much in like. Mm there's a emptiness there. And I think to me, it hurts me in a selfish way. Like I'm, I'm the victim here because I miss my brother because we used to get along so well and he's gone now. It Mm -hmm. feels like that. And I don't even, sometimes I don't even know how to, you know, you're talking about your friend. I wish I could, I wish I could reach out to him. I I sold him. Like we don't have to talk about politics. He don't, he doesn't want to do any of that. Not at all. Mm -hmm. And that's how powerful you know, the antichrist grip is on people. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah. That's the pride thing. You know, it's like, he can't, like you can understand his worldview. You understand why he sees the world the way that he does, but he can't understand why you see the world the way that you do. And has to think that there's something fundamentally broken about you for you to think. And it's like, how can you think that about me? It's, it's so strange because it's like, I'm, yeah, it's, I, he, he looks at me like I'm a cartoon character. I'm like, we've been, brothers our whole life you know it's like you know dad dad's not a white supremacist and 
you, you know, he's a liberal, right. my dad's a liberal. And like, and you know me, it's like, we have almost the same personality in, in a way, but it, it's, it's, it's powerful. Well, like if you, if you don't have the tiniest, the tiniest pieces there, it can really, in my opinion, really grab a hold of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, this, I went through some of this with my family earlier. Like, I, you know, I was born Jewish and, uh, I was, I was baptized Christian in 2020 and, uh, you know, it was a great, it was a moment of great joy for me, but I never made it a big thing with my family. Like I didn't go to pains to broadcast it. Like, yeah, I was creating content on social media, talking about stuff on my podcast, but like, I never made a big deal out of it. But then I, and then Thanksgiving happened this past year and, and a couple of my family members like had me over afterwards and we were talking, you know, um, we were talking and it's, you could just kind of feel there was something in the air. You know, it's like, there's some subject that's not like there's some elephant in the room, but I don't know what it is. And then, and then one of my family members, I don't want to name names, but like one of my family members was like, so what's your faith life like now? Just completely out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Just completely out of left field. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, now I see, now I see what this is about. And one of my family members said, oh, I called me batshit crazy. And it's like, I didn't bring this up to you. Like, I, I didn't come over here to preach at you. You know what I mean? Like, why is this, why are you, like, why is my faith your business? Why are you offended by what I believe? Like, it just didn't, it doesn't make any sense, but people take this shit, they take it personally. So, I mean, I know why, right. because it's an affront, it's a challenge to the way that they want to live. And they don't like the fact in the same way that when you get in shape, like it's a challenge to people who are out of shape because they see their own weakness reflected. It's the same, but it's like, I didn't make it a thing. Like I'm not wearing, I'm not rocking this big gold cross. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you like lit a yarmulke, like the yarmulke on fire. What's the hat? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. You're like, take that family. Yeah. It's never like a, never a sincere inquiry either. It's never like, it's always like a gotcha, you know? Yeah. Or like, let's debate. Yeah. And it's like, so it's not really a debate. It's just like, I just want to insult you and call you crazy because yeah. I don't like your, I don't like your faith. You know, I even told them the most beautiful story about, you know, how I, how I found Christ at Burning Man of all places, which is, I love, I love telling that story. Just, I went into a, a, a healing tent and spent three and a half hours with them and found out at the end of the encounter that it was a Christian ministry group that had been going there for 12 years to Burning Man. It's like, it's a, and, and they're big burners too. So I would have thought that that would have appealed to them on some base level, but it's like, Nope. Gotta, gotta make it a thing. It's like, but why? Like, why can't we, can we just be friends? No, people don't want to, people don't want to be friends. They want to just, no. just want to set you on fire. They're like the reply guy. <laughs> who is, who is reply guy? I wanted to ask about that earlier. Actually, is it like the guy is like, actually dude, is it like that guy? Oh yeah. The reply. Yeah. The reply guy is like the actually guy. I actually had a real reply guy who just pissed me off so much. He inspired me to make that post. <laughs> So someone who just kept replying to all your posts, something like that. Yeah, it was this guy. It was a it was a guy on uh, Instagram. He's just like some schizo. Like he was just like everything that. Well, it's funny because you're because you're well, you were Jewish, but everything everything that I wrote, he he'd relate it back to the Jews, or he'd come and he wasn't even following. Nope. He he'd come and he'd be like, oh, like the Jews, like you're a Jew, shield of all. And I'm like, I don't even know who you are, dude. What? Yeah, and then like, it, it, this is this is me just being vain too, but like. I like, you know, he's a, he was a, he's an in shape dude. And then, but I'd go over there. I'm like, ah, oh, you're weaker than me. I'm like, you shouldn't be talking. <laughs> <laughs> post physique, iron law of post physique, right? Yeah, exactly. 
talk about your supreme genetics, but you're not stronger than me. Oh, he was one of those dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I had to do it. Cause it's just like, it's just, I don't know. It's like, what's the point? Why, why, you know, why, why do you have to tell somebody off? You know, you could either, you can either get, you can either get them to be on your side. If they're not doing anything to you, what's your, what's your point? Like, what's your problem? You know, like your, your family members, like if do you actually care about them, you'd, you know, you would rather convince them like, like, Hey, well, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's annoying. Oh, I would have loved to have a real honest conversation about the theology with them and why I think it's beautiful. But, you know, somewhere in the conversation, they had they had to go and bring up abortion. I didn't bring it up. I did not bring it up. In fact, they said, well, what about Texas? I'm like, well, what about Texas? Like, it's a state in the union. Like, it seems like a cool place. Uh, it seems like a cool place. But they said, they said, what about the Texas, uh, the Texas abortion law? I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and then it was just like, it was all downhill from there. But it was like, it was being, it was, what I really didn't like about it was being sandbagged. Like, just ask, just ask me my question. Like, you don't have to like attack me sitting around the table. Like, what? but people, they just, for some reason, whatever their perspective is, whether it's leftist or crazy right wing bodybuilder or whatever, like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like, what? Do you have anything better to do? Yeah, exactly. It's like get a hobby, man. Like go do something. Like go, or yeah, ask either ask me the question. We can talk like normal people. Um, but no, people just people just need the dopamine, or they just need other people to cheer them, cheerlead them on while they like, you know, just say whatever nonsense they have to say. It's disappointing. It's right. Pretty, like what's gonna happen? It's very feminine. Like. Super feminine, like what? 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 Like whoever, whether reply guy or not, like what do they think is going to happen? Like through Instagram, they're going to come up with like the killer point. You're like, wow, you know what? I never thought of that before. You're right. I've totally changed my mind now. I disavow everything. Yeah. Will you be my god now? Yeah, I'll submit to you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> I didn't ask for your opinion. That's you should actually do that. The next time that dude comes around, be like, you're totally right. And just like follow him and like just ask him all these harassing questions, like uh, sycophantic questions on his own page. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I should I should have done that. I'd block him though, but I, maybe I'll unblock him. <laughs> just get him to come. Also back. good. Or maybe I'll just write an entire post about Jews. <laughs> God, please don't do that. <laughs> just kidding. Please don't do that. <laughs> no, keep please keep your account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you got time for just a couple more questions from our, from, from your loyal fans? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So, um, so Zenovial wonders, how did you break out of the classical liberal mindset that most conservatives fall for? Uh, it's just, uh, there's just way too many things. I feel like, like the classical, uh, classical liberals, it's just such a stupid, it's like, it's also feminine. It's very like, well, I'm going to debate you or, Oh, we have principles, my principles. And it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, except nobody follows the principles or like the, co the constitution is just a weapon used to like beat, you know, beat, you know, beat you over the head with, or, mm -hmm. you know, even like the original bill of rights was more based on the one that we have. It's like, yeah. How can a government give you power that they don't actually have? You know what I mean? And yeah. And it's, when you start to get into the philosophy of, I think it's important to, even though I, I made a post recently about like not reading too much, but 
and I don't like to sound like a smarty pants. I try not to do that because I read other posts where it like bores me because they're like make a reference. So they're trying to like mimic like, you know, Schopenhauer or like, and I feel bad because it's like one of those things where I'm like, want to red pill, other red pill people will be like, Hey, like, here's how you, here's how you gain traction with your audience. Like, like you sound too similar to the original. Why not just, you know, like Nietzsche was really direct. Like it's clear in his writing. So why would I, I would just read Nietzsche. Right. Um, but anyways, I digress. Like, I feel like with, uh, I remember the thought I was going back, like you have to read far and wide. You have to understand like world history, like what, like what political systems worked. And then also like even political theory, whether it's, uh, I know it gets a lot of, a lot of crap, but like libertarianism or even anarcho-capitalism, like really understanding that. So you can understand the principles because yeah, like the, like, you know, they're like, Oh, you got to win the culture war. And I know that's shifted from the economy because like humans aren't, you know, capital units. That's one thing. But mm-hmm. if you understand that to a degree, at least the economic side or like even the theory behind like no government and all that other stuff or and history, you can see like, okay, well that doesn't work clearly, but that's a good idea. Um, and I don't think a lot of people would do that. They say they get so principled and so myopic with like the founding fathers it's like well-intentioned, but it's like, they, they never break free from that, that mindset of, you know, well, we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional Republic. Well, it's like, who cares? Like we still live in, we still live in trash world. Like it's, it's still going going that way. You know, it just very slowly. Um, And the classical liberals, it's all like talk shows now. It's all on, you know, it's all the stuff on, in YouTube where it's like, we're going to have a debate and then nothing happened like project veritas where i appreciate that except for that cringe dance video they made but it's like nothing ever happens you know it's like we bumped you and it might be like it might be a video of dr fauci beheading a beagle with a chainsaw and laughing about it while playing huey lewis and and then people will be like that's fine it's well deserved like you know Put on your put on your mask. Fuck that beagle. Yeah, fuck that beagle. He deserved it. You know, like that's how people are, yeah. and everything gets memory hold. And so, I think when you realize that's why I'm like pretty adamant with that's one thing I agree with. Bap is like like power. It's like we're getting our ass beat by weaklings and dorks who have no physical power in this world, and the mental power is enabled by people being like, well, I'm going to be nice to you. Or like, you know, just bending over all the time. It's like, no, just, just stop it. Like, you know, grow some balls. Like just say, no, use some force. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Mm -hmm. any feds listening. I'm not advocating for violence or anything, but you know, it's like no violence, Toby, no violence at all. It's just, you know, this is a, yeah. Like this is a family friendly show, by the way, like no violence. I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. I'm a monk, but like, (laughs) (laughs) humble meme farmer humble humble yet handsome meme farmer but it's like there is (laughs) why follow principles and laws that your enemy doesn't they don't respect them they don't believe in them they just watch they just right you just use it as like glue on your on your feet and then while you're standing there they just come by with a machete and hack you to death so Mm -hmm. it's just a belief i just can't it's just it's just a winning loser idea and the people in that group are usually the same. They're like me, Lee Mouse. Like uh, they're just useless, <laughs> useless. They're just mm-hmm. just consumer content, or you know, that's my opinion, mm-hmm. humble opinion. 
no, I think you're absolutely right. Like, like there's the the dialogue. Like, it's like with COVID, people being like, "Oh, just I'm going to catch them in this one hypocrisy, and that's going to undo all of it." It's like you can catch them in a billion hypocrisies. They've, but it's not going to make a difference. They've decided that they're right, and so therefore, whatever they do is right. They're the, the you know the leftoids or whatever are on the side of democracy, and so therefore anything that they do is in support of democracy, and then therefore right. Voila, our worldview is self-sealing and complete. Like you're not going to debate with them on the merits of their philosophy because, like Bap says, like which I agree with, that they're just about power. Yeah, and, and it's interesting you brought up COVID because COVID, like the timelines are just like it was like you know three week or was it two weeks to find the curve then like. And it's like three, three 15 days to slow the spread. Yeah. And then what's the thing about conspiracy theories? It's like, it's only, it's only the truth in like six months, but like people can't see the flip-flops yeah. in real time and they just go with it. They just completely go. No one. Yeah, and I get it. Cause people yeah. are so busy with their lives. But if you just mention one tiny thing, like just a tiny thing with like, a, 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 they're not even a leftoid. They're just a normie, a normal person. They're like, well, isn't it, isn't it weird that like only six months ago, the CDC or like, Six days ago, the CDC said this. They're like, "No, put on your mask," and like, they can't, they can't, they can't break it. You know, it's like, yeah. What makes you think you're going to win a debate with a leftoid and a normie doesn't understand it? No, no, like they can't. Like I was talking to, I was talking to another family member the other day, just about like, you know, John McCain's not a not a hero. Like John McCain was like, he was not a good guy. Like, what do you mean? John McCain's an American hero. I'm like, oh God, okay. I don't even like. I don't even know where to go with it. Like, that's a depth of like, okay, yeah. And so, that, like, the, the question that to get underneath something like that, which is just like, a like, no one in politics is an actual hero. No one's origin story is what you say it is. B like that dude was a unique was a unique piece of crap. And C it's like you then you stretch that out to the totality of the narrative belief of what's on TV. It's like how are we going to have a conversation at this point? I don't actually know. Right. Exactly. You, you just, you just can't. And I don't, and I don't know the answer to it. Somebody right. uh, like that formula, there's like a, 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 a jab or a boost you can give somebody. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting thought experiment. If you could, if you could walk around and forcibly, if, if you had some, some magic spell you could cast on someone and you could forcibly red pill them. Like they didn't have a choice, right? Like, would, would you do that? Would that be a, knowing that, like, if you red pill someone before they're there, before their time and they wake up that maybe they won't actually be able to handle it and would like destroy their own lives going crazy. Like, so that's, the, that could be like, that's, that's an interesting moral question. It's like, cause people wake up when they're ready, yeah. when circumstances force them, force them to, but like, if you could force someone to wake up ahead of their time, is that a good idea? That's actually an interesting idea. I don't know. I, I feel like the red pill is like something. Well, actually, I don't think you're ever ready for the red pill, but yeah, like I feel like if everything yeah. came to me at once, I probably would die. Like my soul would <laughs> would have eroded because it's a lot of pain. It's a lot of pain. I don't think mm. people understand that. Like the woke woke tards are like every. It's every. It's always everybody else's problem. But the red pill, it, you have to. It's you who absorb all of it. You have to, you take all that pain, that reality and understanding that, and it never goes away. You know what I mean? So it's very hard. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people, well, yeah, usually when you talk to people with red pills, some people have like a really hard time with it. It's just, they're like Cypher. They want to get plugged back into the matrix. Mm -hmm. I don't blame them either sometimes. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. 
as ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable being red pilled right now, but like there are some times where it's just like, I just can't bear, I can't bear to look at the world. I can't watch movies. I can't watch TV shows. I can't listen to music. Like, Oh, like we, we had a conversation about hip hop or music out of the gym. It's like, turn the shit off. Like, are you listening to this crap? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even go to the gym in peace. No, it's, it's annoying sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish only it was a normie. Like I, because internally for me, sometimes I'm like, I feel like almost smug or pompous and about myself. I'm like, I don't want to feel this way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be a smarty pants. I don't, I just want to be an idiot. <laughs> like I don't like this. I don't like that. I can't enjoy things. <laughs> I'm like, it's mm -hmm. everything is fake. They can get <laughs> everything is fake and gay. You know, like it really, including people, including people. And you, when you realize it comes down to that, you're like, are you serious? Like it can't be this true, but it, but it is, it is. And mm -hmm. you know, the red pill people are kind of spaced out, you know, it's really hard. Um, at least in California here, it's like, um, it's really hard to, it's, it's kind of lonely sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I mean, it must be hard to find in-person community. It must be out there, right? But it's just, it's rare because the people who can pack up and leave Southern California, like they are leaving Southern California right now, California in general. Right, exactly. They're like a mass exodus. I feel bad for any other state. I, I recommend other states build a wall and like have like arch <laughs> and archers <laughs> not advocating for violence, like <laughs> nerf guns. Nerf <laughs> Like, you know, nerf archery, nerf archery. Yes. Yes. This is family friendly. <laughs> family friendly. <laughs> I love build a wall with archer. <laughs> <laughs> Killing me. Oh, uh, you know, there's like boiling oil that will just pour yeah, exactly. over the U-Haul. Right. Yeah. Do you see the Babylon, the Babylon B headline was like Gavin Newsom is U-Haul, U-Haul salesman of the year. <laughs> no, I didn't, but that makes sense. You're such a douchebag. Yeah. He's so terrible. He's, you know, so he's terrible. like, he's like the perfect, um, he's like the per him, him and like Kamala, like the perfect, like representation of like leftist leftoid brains. It's like this almost like facade of like, a veneer of something like, oh, like it just has prestige, but there's like nothing there. It's absolutely nothing. You know? Empty. So it's just completely empty. And you know, you yeah. can never, you can, you can, you can never ask the normie like, well, why do you want it? They're like, because this is a good, and it's, it's so like blackpilling to read comments on the left because they're like, oh, he's just a good person. Good person. What? says nice things. You know what I mean? Or it's like, I like their personality, blah, blah. And then like, there's nothing about, and you always like follow the avatar. It's either like some, mental illness pro like mental illness mental illness mental illness or it's like kathy 60 year old blue wave super rich lady and then like or some super soy yep. per people none of these people like live in reality none of them have like families like or the rich you know it's just disappointing very disappointing mm -hmm. lots of harry potter references or what handmaid's tale because i can't actually live in reality so they have to process it through fantasy you know it's funny about nerds and like they're 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 wrong about every single one of their movies like they always think that, oh. they always think that they're the hero 
but they're actually the, they're always the villain in their in their in their in their movies but they can never they can't see it they always think they're harry potter or you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or they think they think they're luke skywalker like fighting against the death star it's like no if you support mandates you are the fucking death star <laughs> yeah, you are the death. how do you not see this yeah you like literally have like your storm like blm or like stormtroopers you know it's like they live like in this lifeless city, like in the city with like all concrete. It's like literally the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you watch the Ma- the original Matrix. It's like you you know that like the whole thing is about questioning reality down to the core and recognizing that everything that you believe is false, right? Like you get that, right? And and that you know you're questioning the stuff on TV, and that's what Neo did was question the ultimate nature of reality and found out like he was he was more powerful than he could have dreamed, right? But like you recognize that. That's what you say you're about, and yet you won't question anything in reality. Like you do get that, right? And no, they don't. No, no they don't. It's, it's sad. It's so disappointing. <laughs> so so disappointing. Like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I'm just disappointed half the time. I'm like, come on, come on, man. Oh man. That's a. That seems like a good a good carousel slide. Like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, exactly. So disappointed. Disappointed father. Disappointed physique father. Yeah, exactly. So just a couple more. I just have one from my own, but like a journey of a carpenter once was wondering, is it better to run alone or with brothers to fight your vices? I think, I I think you have to do both. I think I've had, I've had, despite some of my, like a, like a a big fall with a lot of my friends, I have one really good friend. He's like ultra red pilled. I've, I've known him forever. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like people, he doesn't look anything like me, but people would always get us confused. They're like, because yeah. um, we have like the same exact personality, but he would mm-hmm. tell me honest truths. Like I always needed to hear. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I need like, as because you know, the last few years he would tell me things like, he's like, you're lying. Like he knew I was like lying to myself. And wow. yeah. And he's like, yeah, you need to do better. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, I, I think it's always good with friends, but then sometimes the same, uh, your, your brothers, but on the same coin, you can also, depending on the group, you can also have guys in there who are enablers in some ways. They'll let, they'll let bad characters, bad characters slide. Like when I was in my men's group, like a bless their hearts. Like I had some, like I had a really good leader in there and he helped me. He's a really good, really great guy. But I would mm-hmm. see things that he didn't recognize. He was trying to be comforting, but I felt like it was damaging to the guys because the truth wasn't being said. Like not in a mantra. I was like, you, you gotta be a man. You can't, you can't just cry your problems away. And, and not that I, I think mm-hmm. crying is fine. I think crying is, is de- like, you know, you're saying like, there's definitely a place for it. Cause there's nowhere you're really allowed to cry anymore. Um, I think it's necessary. It's like, a, it's a, it's a human thing, but like if your tears are because you feel sorry for yourself versus, uh, like a sadness or a loss of something, I think, you know, it's fine. It's, it might be even fine to be feel sorry for yourself, but like, it doesn't help if you're like, Oh, it's okay. Like, you know, like you, I wouldn't go to my son and be like, it's okay to cry all the time. You know what I mean? And I think some brothers mm-hmm. do that for you. You know, if, mm. if, if it's not the right dynamic, they can, they can also en- enable, they can call it your flaws, but sometimes it can e- enable you to, uh, 
not find the truth. Whereas if you're by yourself, sometimes you could just like mess up so many times. You're like, yeah, I needed to feel that pain and I did it and it was me. And this is how I correct. Cause you might not, mm. you might not mess up again. Cause your friends will let you continue to be uh, a baby or they won't let you fall in some ways. Your brother's kind of, it's kind of weird, maybe a paradox, but like sometimes you have to, your brothers kind of have to let you make your own mistake so you can hit the bottom and then correct. Cause sometimes some guys just don't learn. They'll just continue doing the same dumb shit, which I don't think. Yeah. Like we need our, go ahead. Oh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Like we all need our brothers to tell us the truth, but some, some men are kind of afraid to do that. Like, no, just, just give me the truth. Like we always, we always say, I think a lot of people say like, I, you know, I really, I really need my brothers to, to tell me like, you know, the truth so that I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing and I don't know what I'm doing or, or whatever. Um, but gosh, the number of times that that actually shows up in our lives is like sadly rare. I mean, it, well, it was, it was more rare at some point in my life. It's more common now, but we really do need that. Like not just, don't just give me a shoulder to cry on. Like, yeah, I need you to kick me in the ass. Like, yeah. Hey, you like, yes, I'll cry on your shoulder. Like, that's cool. But then like, dude, you fucked that up yourself. Like I got to hear both. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you have, I think if you have brothers like that, that's fine. Um, but mm-hmm. I do, I do think that there are points in your life where you just have to, you have to learn to do it. You have to learn how to walk by yourself or run by yourself for a second. But you should never, ever go without your brothers. Like they need to be there. They need to catch up to you or like come ahead of you. Because if you go alone, like you can go down the wrong path. Like you know, like it's, kind of, it's just like virtues and values. If you don't have men in your life, you're gonna mess up. You can go into best to some bad mm-hmm. places. What is, how have you changed or how has your son's relationship with you changed while you've changed? Like, so he's seen you through a pretty significant transformation over the past couple of years. Like, do you feel you've grown in esteem in his eyes? Does he understand what happened between you and your mom? Like, have you been able to find some redemption with him at all? If that's not too personal of a question. No, not at all. I think my son, I think at least in terms of the dy- dynamic with my son, like, He's still pretty young, and so I think there's a lot of things he just isn't ready for yet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, like I, I'll, I'll, I'll let him know. You know, he still he still doesn't want girls to touch his computer or, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And I can relate. <laughs> I still don't want a girl to touch my computer. But, don't touch uh, my computer. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think. <laughs> I think, um, I think when the time comes, like, I think I, I'll, I'll, I'll be forthright with him because I think it's important that I share with him what I know so he can be a good man for the woman that, you know, he eventually finds in his life and he can know why it's important to, you know, I'm not trying to do the one eyed thing or like when he finds the one or if he decides to get married, like how to treat it and why it's why marriage is important and what kind of man you wanted to definitively be. Like, why are you trying to, you know, everything we talked about on this podcast, like, why are you trying to be strong? Like my son, like I tell him things like that. He'll ask me about it and he'll say things like dad and I get big. He's like, I'm going to be stronger than you. <laughs> I'm like, the other, nice. the other day he's like, I, I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? man?" he's like, he's like eight feet tall. <laughs> And stronger than you. 
Okay. Right on, kid. Right on. You go in places. And, um, but I think it, you know, in, in ways that he can understand, I try to guide him and like, you know, let him know, like, what's the opposite if you don't, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like one of those, like, <laughs> I'm not like those, those, those single, like, like libtard monster, like, oh, like you played with a doll, you're here's why you're a girl. And, you know, you know, like all this like foo-foo language, I, I, I'm like, you know, Hey, you know, like, well, we got to eat healthy, for example, because the other side is like, you're on, you know, you'll get sick if you're fat and stuff like that. Um, and I don't, I don't mm-hmm. go into all the like super science details and stuff like that, but, um, or even like, you know, going to church and like why we pray, why God's important stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, that's the, well, how about, how about actually now your ex, like, are you guys in touch at all? Like have, has that patched up at all? Cause you've been, I mean, you've been on a pretty remarkable transformation and you've shown that like, I don't want to be the guy ever again, be the guy that I was, but like, has she seen any of that? Do you have any contact with her? I mean, only, only in terms of the exchange. Like, I think what we try to do is like, um, I think, uh, I think we get, I mean, we get along. I think, uh, there is a lot of resentment rightfully so from her, from her end. But I think now I think we have a, like a better understanding. We had like a little thing recently. It goes back to my son where my son wanted to be over here more. And I think he mm-hmm. was like, Oh, are you beating him? Um, are you telling him like what to say or like, you know, to be over there? And Mm. I, I, I don't at all because, you know, as much as I'm an advocate for masculinity, I think mothers, just, women are just as important, you know, there is, there's mm-hmm. so much to be said about the femininity and like that whole sphere, but not in the way that the consumer culture has um, propped it up. Um, but that being said, like, I, I think we get along, you know, pretty well, pretty good. And like, you know, I try to stay on the same page. And if I have thoughts on things, like I'll, I'll, I'll tell her like, you know, like, like the shot, for example, like, I'm like, I don't think he should get it, you know, um, mm-hmm. too young. And this is, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it's kind of tenuous. And I think this is why it's kind of tenuous too, for any guys that are divorced. It's like the power is always in the woman's court, you know, which sucks, especially in California. Yeah. And it's like, you almost have to have a chess match because I don't want tension because I don't want to risk anything with my son. And I'm not trying to fight anybody anyways. I don't. I don't want to sure um but you know it was good enough it's good enough at the point where i tell her that and she she understands that you know regardless of what she believes and so um it's it's i think for the most part it's good i don't know if she'll ever see me like how i want to be i don't i can't you can't ever expect that from somebody um and i and i don't really yeah. she, you know I, I don't know um I can't be like, Hey, like I'm changing. And like, now I'm this new person, you know, people will have their own judgments and it's hard. It's always hard to see. I mean, especially like in our brief interactions, because, you know, it's an exchange or we text here and there, like, Hey, you know, like whatever, planning his activities, extracurricular or sports or school or whatever. Um, but I'd like to, I'd like to hope that she sees that. So she has faith in like, what her where her son is you know like oh i can trust i can trust mm-hmm. that he's a he's a guy he really cares he he loves his son and he only wants the best for him and, and that's it um and mm-hmm. uh, he's a he's a, he's a normal guy and not an extremist mm-hmm. which is society has labeled us yeah i mean 
Well, it's, I think that's really cool to to imagine that there might be some redemption down both of those paths, you know, because it's, it's a thing when when a man like screws up his life, does an own goal, you know, and then and then goes down to the bottom of the well and like doesn't ever come back up and continues like, oh, woe is me, I'm a piece of shit or whatever. But then there are men that actually do the hard work to climb back up and and work towards light and work towards redemption physically, mentally, emotionally, even even spiritually. So it's it's you had mentioned earlier that you felt a lot of shame around around what you had done, and I completely understand and relate to that as well. It's like it's 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 my prayer for you that you find some redemption for that, that it all turns out to be for the good somehow, and that's that's where God comes into my life is taking things that would seem to be so so awful and making so much good come out of them that I it's almost miraculous. It's a miracle, and yeah, thank you, and I pray for those. I pray for that miracle. Hmm. I think a lot of the men listening will pray for that miracle for you as well. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And so I, I guess just my last question then is just about, um, you have a telegram group, Han- Handsome Nationalism. I wonder if you want to talk about that, that group, because you're talking about building community. Yeah. So the Handsome Nationalist was like, a, a, some, somebody had messaged me that I needed to create a telegram just in case I got nuked on Instagram. Um, but I also opened it up because I'd like to, I'd like to communicate with these guys. Like, and I don't know what it is. Like, like I was saying, I don't know what the business plan per se is, but I feel like there's something there. I'm still trying to, what I have found out is that it starts, all of it starts to come together. All these things start to come together as I've been going. And if handsome nationalists can become like a tangible thing, that would be awesome. But at least there's a place where I can connect with men and talk to them. Uh, Like, you know, when I get messages, the most incredible thing about this Instagram is like the feedback I get from other men telling me their own stories or their own perspectives because I had never had knew that that world existed. And so mm-hmm. maybe that's what handsome nationalists can be like a, a group of guys like making the world better being handsome. <laughs> it's not going to make the world worse. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Right. Physiognomy check. Hmm. Well, this has been awesome. I mean, um, I'm all out of questions. Do you have anything else that you want to say to the guys listening? Anything you want to insight you want to give them? Like where did the name, the physique father come from? Anything that you want to share with the guys who are listening? Yeah. So physique, so physique came from, uh, BAP spelling of physique. I don't know if he did it necessarily. He probably did for like physique Friday and then father, I'm a father. So the physique father just seemed fitting. And, you know, I do, mm-hmm. I do enjoy the physique posting. Um, I also have an, an, a different alias, the, the physique king, <laughs> 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 which I don't know how much, as long as liver king is alive, I'll keep naming him until something funnier comes along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's all I really have to share for now. Cool. Cool. Well, um, where can men go to find out more about you and what you do? Yeah. So just right now I only have one channel. It's uh, Instagram at the physique father. So physique is spelled F I Z E E K father. So the physique father at uh, Instagram. And then through there, you can also get into my telegram, the links in the bio for uh, the handsome nationalist. So if you're handsome men, then please join. We need more handsome men. Amen. Amen.
Well, thank you, Matt. This has been this has been really great. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me this afternoon. No, thank you. Well, I I don't even know how I made it onto your podcast because the the guys on here are elite, and uh, what you're doing is awesome. So thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.